me, Val, and our producer, Nick, were at a, at a strip club in Vegas when we did shows out in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And uh, the stripper came over to our table, and we're like, hey, how are you? And she's like, you guys uh, married to me and Val? And I'm like, yep. <laughs> and she, <laughs> she, we're like, yeah, we're just trying to have a baby, you know? Trying I, to steam it up a little. Yeah. We're like, she's like, oh, you guys came here together. We're like, yeah, we're trying to steam it up a little bit. And she's like, you have kids? And I think you said, no, we're trying or something. And she's like, oh, you want to have a boy? You have to do this. And like stood on her head. Val was like, oh, my God, where are we? <laughs> well, this just ruined the mood, finding out you have kids. <laughs> Check, please. Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. It's six minutes after six at DVE. Here is the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. A few showers today, windy and turning colder. Temperatures falling into the upper 30s by this evening. Few snow showers tonight will drop to 27. Scattered flurries on Wednesday, high of 34. I'm Scott Harbaugh in Severe Weather Center 11. It's 48 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. A magnitude 8.2 earthquake off the coast of Alaska has triggered a tsunami warning for that state and British Columbia. A tsunami watch is in effect for coastal regions of Washington, Oregon, California, and Hawaii after the powerful quake struck just after 1.30 this morning Pacific time. The National Tsunami Warning Center says people in the areas covered by the watches and warnings should move to higher ground and seek shelter. There have been no immediate reports of injuries or major damage. The three-day government shutdown is over. President Trump signed a bill extending government funding all the way to February 8th after passage by the Senate and House. The latest temporary funding measure is the fourth continuing resolution, or CR, since September. The impasse broke when Senate Democrats ended a filibuster over immigration. They did so after securing a commitment from Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell to take up immigration reform soon. Yes, it's we're back open. Three weeks, guys. Come on, let's do this. Fix everything Woo. in three weeks. It'll, it'll be fine. People are more likely to die at hospitals on weekends or at night. A new study in the Journal of American College of Cardiology looked at people suffering from brain bleeds, heart attacks, and lung clots. The survival rate for the so-called weekend effect has improved over the years, jumping from 12 to 22 percent. That is compared to about 25% for those who go to the hospital during the week. Reasons for the disparity could be hospitals with fewer staff on weekends or that patients who come during nights and weekends are worse off in the first place. A bar in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania is giving adults who want to experience a somewhat safer alternative to the real Tide Pod Challenge a chance for a colorful shot Molly's Irish Grill and Sports Pub unveiled a Tide Pod Challenge shot. It's layered with blue, white, and orange booze in an attempt to look like the actual Tide Pod. The shot is made of Bailey's Irish Cream, vodka-dyed orange with food coloring, and blue Curacao. A picture of the shot went viral Friday. They've sold hundreds of the shots ever since. However, Facebook is censoring all posts related to the deadly trend of eating the Tide Pods. The bar is responding by posting a special shot with a strike-through sign, now calling it the shot banned by Facebook. A bakery in North Carolina called Wake and Bake Donuts has mm. created a Tide Pod look-alike donut. I'm not sure why this is a big trend, but... It's nice to see everybody prospering off stupidity. Yeah. It's so dumb. It it's really, really the dumbest thing. It, there's no part of it that is enjoyable to watch. I mean, it's, other even, th- it's dumber than the cinnamon challenge. Yeah, no, much dumber. What's that? A, a spoonful of cinnamon? I think that was it. Without a drink or something? 
Yeah, it's something like that. But the Tide Pod Challenge is just... You're eating soap. Well, and it also is how we always <laughs> just beat, uh, like, the dead horse of whatever the pop culture... What's viral. Uh, ...common acknowledgement is. Like, everybody all decided, for some weird reason, these things look edible. You know? And it was just an observation. Everyone had, like, yeah, they actually look good. Yeah, look at okay. these. They look like candy. Then you're supposed to move on. <laughs> like, that's it. <laughs> yeah. That was the end of it. We all acknowledged, hey, they kind of look like candy. And now it has turned into, uh, you know, one of the dumbest things during the dumbest age. I think when, when kids were in, in high school and watching videos of kids getting busted on campuses for butt chugging, they were like, I'm going to outdo that guy. That's, oh, yeah. That's not the, that's not the ceiling. No. I remember a time, and I'm, I don't know if I was in college or not, but the stupid thing that teenagers were doing was, I think it was after the movie Varsity Blues. Oh, uh, laying in the street. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. I remember that. That was a huge trend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Planking in the street kind of almost. Just yeah. laying there right on the... I told you, I used to go up and party at IUP and they had this, they used to drink GHB out of these huge five-gallon buckets and just one capful was like having a six-pack. And they used to call it Jeebs. And they would just chant, Jeeps, 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 Jeeps. And I I never drank it. But Rohypnol. my buddy. GHB. Was I that, don't, I don't was know. Is that roofies? Yeah. Rohypnol. So people were <laughs> roofing themselves <laughs> yeah. at parties. Yeah. Sebastian Janikowski was the kicker for the uh, Raiders. It was big in Florida. He got busted with a bunch of it when he was in college. Roofies were a big thing so in, in, in Florida for a long time. It's, it's so dumb. Also... Special K, ketamine. Ketamine, cat tranquilizer. <laughs> Why? People Why? love it. But at least those are drugs. Who was the first person <laughs> that took their cat's tranquilizer? A desperate drug addict. Yeah, some, some cat lady. You're never gonna believe this. This is awesome. But like to your point, at least those were drugs. Now we've gone. I don't remember a time when we. What's just, the high from a Tide Pod? There isn't one. No, it's, it's you a, get poisoned. A visit to the ER. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, have you ever I mean, have ew. you seen any of the videos of these people doing this? No. Oh my god, they di- they they pop like two Tide Pods in their mouth and then they pour like water detergent. No, oh. they wash it down with liquid soap. What is wrong with those people? I'm should like, be committed. What are you doing? People, that's how badly they want likes. How badly they want views. Got to go viral. Where at any cost? You know, like this will be forever known as the dumb age, <laughs> if we get out of it. And there are other generations. It's a big if to study this era. This will be the dumb age. Laverne Cox is Cosmopolitan's first transgender cover girl. The 45-year-old actress and producer appears on the front of Cosmo South Africa's February issue. She debuted the cover on her Instagram yesterday, stating in the caption, Ain't I a woman? She also said in an interview accompanied with the release that trans women deserve to be loved out in the open and in the light. Cox previously appeared in a 2016 U.S. edition of the magazine in a feature that paid tribute to iconic black women. 
And finally, singer Neil Diamond says he's been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. The 76-year-old announced on his website the diagnosis is forcing him to retire from touring as the onset of the disease is making traveling and performing on a large scale difficult. Diamond says he plans to remain active in writing and recording music, though. He says it's been an honor to bring his shows to the public for the past 50 years. He has canceled his upcoming Australian and New Zealand tour dates. Windy today, scattered showers, temperatures going to fall through the day. We'll get snow tonight, tomorrow, back to more seasonable temperatures or seasonal temperatures in the 30s. It's 48 now at DVE. All right, a little bit later on this morning, Mike Lang will be joining us. We have, uh, we'll have we be talking hockey with him, of course, Billy Gardell. We'll uh, give us a shout from Los Angeles, California in the 9 a.m. hour. We'll tell you about the uh, the new type of yoga that's out there. People are doing death metal yoga. I have an idea for, I think this is smart. Also, um, Bud Light coming through. Uh, lots of Super Bowl news. Uh, if Philly wins, everybody gets a beer in Philadelphia. Uh, the Philadelphia PD arrest tally is out. Also, Vikings fans planning to <laughs> do more than troll to Philadelphia. I mean, imagine that. Vikings fan, if imagine if we lost to the Patriots and then had to watch them come to Pittsburgh to play the Super Bowl. Yeah. That's what Viking oh. fans are going through right now. Um, the Stephen King can't imagine that Stephen King's Pittsburgh tweets yesterday what caused a big up. This yesterday. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. We'll get all we'll get all into that. Yeah, uh, the Andrew McCutcheon, thank you Pittsburgh, goodbye letter uh, will definitely draw some tears. Bill Cosby's back and doing comedy. I'm not even <laughs> kidding about that. No, that's not a joke. And uh, is all of Pittsburgh now an Eagle fan? Are we all Eagles fans? No. It's a weird thing. But it's... it's it has some. It was the immediate go-to. Now it has some Pittsburghers pushing back. So we'll talk about that as well. And you've got your chance at 1000 bucks in workforce cash coming up at the top of every hour this morning on Deep Station down in Wilmington, North Carolina, where you're going to have your own radio show down there. Uh, it's uh, WRMR. 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 Which is fitting because it'll be warmer down there than it warmer. is. Warmer. Hey, w- that's how Moving to, to the beach, cuz. WRMR. Just make sure you say it like that. And then... Yeah. Uh, you're packing a little bit every day. We we're just talking about how great it is to throw stuff away. Yeah, that's awesome. The oh. only the only bad part is uh, my wife packed the kitchen first. Bad so idea. now we only have like plastic forks and plates and stuff. We we have two plates, two bowls, two forks, two knives. <laughs> that's great. We're like Noah's Ark. <laughs> she <laughs> said we're camping for two weeks. Yeah, you wash it all the time. I, I like it. I'm in. I, that's not a bad way to go. No, it, it sucks. Minimalism. Can't have company over, obviously. No. Like, I, hey, do we have a spatula? No, I packed them all away. It's like, well, how am I going to, what am I going to do here? <laughs> I'd love to have a reason to throw a bunch of stuff away. I, yeah, guess I, I still have boxes from like two moves ago, like <laughs> where I honestly haven't opened them in seven years. We just, we're in the process of remodeling, so we're packing up to move stuff out. I found, well, we found a like, what are those? Not a cedar chest, but like a footlocker type footlocker, size. Yeah. Full of bobbleheads. Trunk. Really? <laughs> I sent them what all to my brother. <laughs> I took a picture of all of them. I'm like, do you want this stuff? Because if not, it's going to Goodwill. He said, yep, I'll take it. Pirates? 
Pirates, Penguins. There was like a Three River Stadium replica in there. Oh, I got a bunch. Awesome. Of, I have a whole uh, iceberg. Yeah, I have a whole tub of that. Yeah, stuff like a big Tupperware tub full of bobbleheads. Which, because my dad has instilled this in me, and it's not true at all, I I always think those are going to make yes. me rich one day. Yeah, and they won't. They don't. Mm-hmm. And they're just neat to have, kinda. I still can't get rid of all my old magazines, though. I have a oh, ninety no. pound box of CDs. Yeah, that yeah, is staying on the floor, and it's coming undone at the bottom. Doesn't it feel like you need to hold on to them in case, like, there's a nuclear war and the internet goes down, and you want to have hard copy? Yeah, you just want to have hard copy with a you know put put your walk disc man <laughs> in the same box as all those discs with some batteries. Like for your bug out bag. Oh, no, I'm not going anywhere without my bad company CDs. <laughs> <laughs> Just weigh you down. Yeah. Uh, all right. So Slack's only got one more week. Then he's going to where it's warmer. You bastard. To the uh, stinking wh- beach. To the stinking beach. He's going to the beach. Son Good of a for bitch. Greg Warren is going to be in studio with us on Thursday and Friday of this week. He's performing at Club Cafe. Saturday night, there are two shows get your tickets to see greg warren the first show is uh is is uh filling up pretty quick and there are seats for the second one uh right now clubcafelive.com here's greg i walked outside one day and uh there's this guy out there and he's just yelling at this cab driver hey hey pal that's a lady she's a lady you get out you open the door for her she's a lady i don't know how they do things in your country he said that this guy combined racism and chivalry. He, 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 he was uh, he was a chival racist. I never met one before. I can only assume he came up during the chival rights movement, but I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't. It's not my, my thing to point out. Greg Warren at the Club Cafe. ClubCafeLive.com. Get your tickets for his shows this Saturday. Mike Pursuit is coming in next. Sports on D- DVE Sports. Mike Pursuit has got your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike. It is a hockey night in Pittsburgh tonight. The Penguins hosting the Carolina Hurricanes, 7 o'clock at PPG Paints Arena. And on your Penns flagship, 105.9 The X. And the Penguins a little bit more complete today than they had been prior to yesterday. Matt Murray back at practice in Cranberry yesterday after being away from the team due to the death of his father. Here's Penn's head coach, Mike Sullivan. I think we're just trying to support him in any way that we can. It's, it's, a, it's a difficult uh, circumstance. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to lose a parent. And, uh, you know, it's a difficult time. Everybody grieves differently. And, and as his coaching staff and, and his teammates, we're just trying to be there and be supportive of him in any way that we can to help him through this. Penguins also had forward Brian Rust as a full contact participant in practice. Rust hasn't played since December the 27th, but he's feeling a lot better. Yep, today was uh, today was full contact day, so we'll see how it goes from there. It's definitely uh, got a little bit more of a smile on my face today. Um, it's always good to be back with the team, and um, especially when they go on road trips, and there's there's, uh, there's only one or two of you guys here, and it's, it's, and it's really uh, quiet and dark here in the morning, and um, but yeah, it's fun. <laughs> and last but not least, the Penguins playing better of late, even though they went one and two on their recent road trip in California. They are six and three 
since January the 1st. Here's Captain Sidney Crosby. We've been fairly consistent. I mean, with exception probably the second period against Anaheim, um, we've been pretty good and, you know, playing the right way. So, you know, you need to do that this time of year, especially. You've got to give yourself a chance to win games, and uh, we need that consistency. So, uh, we've had it for the most part, and we need to continue to, to build on it. Perhaps a reflection that Rust is ready to rejoin the lineup. The Pens reassigned winger Daniel Sprong back to AHL Wilkesbury Scranton yesterday. Sprong had been scratched over the last two games. He had two goals and one assist in his first eight, dating back to December the 31st. And uh, it's kind of a fun day out uh, at Cranberry yesterday. A couple school districts had off for whatever reason, and there were a ton of kids at practice. Mm, cool. Sort of a festive turning of the page, Randall. I've been to a couple games and a couple practices, but this was the symbolic, okay, now it's really hockey season. Part of my year. Time to pay attention. Here we go. (laughs) The stuff matters now. The stuff that Mario gets pissed about. Well, welcome back. You know what? Then move the team to Kansas City. (laughs) That's the way it is around here. (laughs) Not look, and there are a they lot of get, Penguin fans getting super pissed right now. Look, I'm on the, I'm on board all year long. Yeah, you know, good for you. They don't get pissed off when they go into June and we're paying attention to them and not the Pirates. Right, it's right. cyclical. That's it's, true. All you, right. you have your time. The Steelers have their time, and we just ignore the Pirates all the time. Good point. At least that's the way we are trending. <laughs> uh, college basketball. Uh, West Virginia checked in at number seven in the AP Top Twenty Five. That was released yesterday. The Mountaineers celebrated that by losing at TCU, eighty-two to seventy-three. Bob Huggins' team falls to sixteen and four overall, five and three in the Big Twelve. Villanova, Virginia, Purdue, Duke, and Kansas are your top five teams, followed by Michigan State, WVU, Xavier, Cincinnati, and North Carolina, rounding out the top ten. Kentucky not in the top twenty-five for the first time since two thousand and fourteen. I wonder what happened to John Calipari's pipeline to one-year wonders. They're all going to Duke. There you go. <laughs> Football news. Uh, ESPN's Adam Schefter reporting that Todd Haley uh, has been hired to be the offensive coordinator in Cleveland. Apparently had too much experience for the gig in Pittsburgh. I, Yeah, I don't... I'm still kind of baffled about that. I get... People want Todd Haley to go, and because he couldn't get along with Ben or coaches, you know, it was more than just him not getting along with the quarterback. There were other coaches who were not a fan of his. I get that. More fans of Tequila Cowboy. Right. But the Randy Feekner thing, I mean, geez, I don't know how you get better with a guy who's never been the offensive coordinator. Everybody got to start somewhere, I guess. You know, you're never a play caller until you get the call plays. It's just with the. Microscope being on yeah. Tomlin. Do you want to give the, the short window that they have to the Cadillac to a guy who's never done it? Why are we taking a chance there with a short window? Or at least explain better to me why he's qualified to do it. I think everybody knows they're doing this because that's what Ben wants. Yeah. All right. We'll have Ben explain. Does that need to be explained? It'd be great if Ben's got to get out front and sell it. Yeah. Well, and I don't have a problem if they're like Ben is our offensive coordinator. This is how we're doing it. And if this is how we do. Yeah, and if they, that's okay, but I think I get people's frustration with Todd Haley. But that that offense was pretty good. Uh, yeah, I don't. A, a I don't really. Um, I don't get people's frustration with Todd Haley as much 
Uh, the Steelers fourth down in in that game. You know, yeah, like, Steelers in the last four seasons ranked second in scoring behind only New England. You know, if you want to talk fourth down, let's talk about the two touchdowns they had on fourth down. They did have two fourth down touchdowns. You know, you're supposed to convert every one like they're unstoppable. But that was just the players being talented. When it doesn't work, it's the guy who called the plays. Huge upgrade for the Browns. I mean, they didn't have an offensive coordinator yes. last year. Well, they really didn't need one because they didn't have an offense. They're kind of hoping to have one of those this year. They might. They actually might. They look pretty good against the Steelers. <laughs> wonder if Todd will still live here. Yeah, it's a nice little commute. Two-hour commute to Berea. And we looked into this. They have a tequila ranch there. Tequila Ranch. Yeah. So it's like home base for the Tequila Cowboy. Take it back cowboy, to the ranch. Cowboy goes to the ranch. Yeah. I like it. It's the Cowboy equivalent of going back to the lab. I like it a lot. That's all I got. All right. Good deal. Thanks. Found what do you got coming up? We are going to talk about the rudest things that we do when we text. Coming up. Also, uh, on the way for you, the Black... And Golden Globe Awards. Since it's award season, we're going to hand out some awards to the Steelers and their opponents. And their opponents. You know, after having a, a great uh, year here. And uh, ended uh, before we wanted it to. But since they're all going to be at the Pro Bowl this weekend, they'd like to know, I would guess, before they start celebrating in Orlando, that they are additional winners of the DVE Morning Show Golden Black and Golden Globe Awards. I think they would love to know yeah. this. Uh, in addition to that, Stephen King loves Pittsburgh. Mike King, Mike King, Mike Lang talks about the Penguins. He's, He's a king. king. He's a king. And Billy Gardell will be giving us a shout in the 9 a.m. hour as well. Your chance at 1000 bucks in workforce cash coming up. It's the DVE Morning Show. Val Porter, Mike Pursuta, Bill Crawford, producer Randy Slack. I'm Randy Bauman. Good morning. Where did you put that from me, Val? Oh, okay, I see. All right. So, no. Oh, jeez, Louise. Hey, one way to find out. Roll the dice. Feel lucky, punk? Well, do you? This is the new craze in Brooklyn. Now, you know how... When you come back from the new year, the Christmas holiday, you're like, yeah, going to get in shape. And a lot of guys, this is the year, they're like, doing yoga. Let's do some yoga. But it can feel a little uh, emasculating. Dainty. To go in and do yoga. Metal Yoga Bones in Brooklyn at St. Vitus Bar, Greenpoint, Brooklyn. They got all kinds of classes where they employ, like, death metal and stuff, you know, just blaring through the speakers as you're doing downward-facing dog and stuff. Now, they also have classes which feature punching, kicking. They have an air guitar-playing class. I don't know how many calories you burn doing that. They have a head-banging class. Now, I think they, in- they incorporate this all into, like, some sort of, like, metal CrossFit, you know? Yeah, There's it's not l- like those... Peaceful, and now it's like a, an insanity workout. Yeah, which kind of goes against the entire grain of what yoga is. Yeah, right. <laughs> so this German uh, uh, woman in Brooklyn has started it, 
And look, it's going pretty, pretty well right now. She uh, has been offering these courses for three years, and now they're just jam-packed. And people go in there, and they're doing yoga to this. A typical class with her uh, begins with her taking a firm stance on her yoga mat and letting out a deep howl, which she calls her warrior scream. Nice. I think this is a good idea. Someone should do this in Pittsburgh. Rebel yell. I've heard that's doing really well, and they're going to expand maybe Poland, Austria. <laughs> see what he did there? World War II joke? France. Yeah. <clears throat> I did see that. Now, she grew up in Germany, the daughter of metalheads, and she was involved in a car accident. Therapists recommended yoga back then, but she just thought it was too wimpy. Mm-hmm. So she wanted to incorporate the music she loved with these exercises that she had to do. And now she's a big shot with a huge studio. And this is what they do. She says, I don't really care who comes in or what they look like. Fat, muscular, man, woman. There's room for everyone here. We end up having so much fun that most of my students don't even realize they're holding a yoga pose. (laughs) I mean, people who go to this are pretty excited about because they said, hey, I I don't really like death metal so much, but I, I got into it because I didn't realize... Uh, how much of a workout I was getting while I was listening to this stuff, and it helps me kind of like, you know, meditate into it and everything. It's got to be better than some guy prancing around with incense, right? Well, here's the thing, though. (laughs) Well, this is not like to center yourself. This is a workout. Yeah, I guess. This is more like the vinyasa, like the aggressive stance workout yoga. But It's still a good workout. If they did this in more places where guys felt emasculated, I think it would help them get through ordeals. Like, if you had to go to get a prostate exam and the guy just cranked up this really loud, he's like, all right, get ready for your warrior scream. And you're like, yeah. What? No? No, no, I think no. you're on something here. Now I'm telling you, make people feel like, make dudes feel like bad at, like going for the, you know, I don't know. I mean, maybe the prostate exam is a bit much. Well, it's better mm-hmm. than gentle, soft music and Yeah, I, that's true. <laughs> I think so you don't hear the sound of that glove being slapped on. Oh, uh, yeah. Stressed the snap. On. Or the yeah. lube coming snap. out of the tube. <laughs> right. If it was just this super loud, I mean, that would be. Yeah, you can't hear anything. Right. If you went that. to the dentist, yeah. they're drilling a cavity. But you wouldn't, wouldn't be... your doctor? Wouldn't you expect your doctor to have like cut off gloves? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I want a rockin' doctor. <laughs> you know where you are? You're in the jungle, baby. Yeah. I, I I thought I was at the hospital. I, I kind of don't. <laughs> I'm not ready for this. Or if you like had to buy tampons, oh, I don't know why every guy thinks that's <laughs> oh, like the worst thing in the world. Out. There's just a metal lane that you can go in. It's not a bad idea. Or if this music was on at the mall, there and you go. had to go shopping with your wife. There you go. You're sitting in Sephora, and this is jamming. <laughs> She's looking for makeup. It's just a good idea. <laughs> I love it. This is when we return, Valerie. We'll talk about the rude things mm. we do with our phones. And your chance at 1000 bucks next. I found, well, we found a, like, what are those? Not a cedar chest, but like a footlocker foot type locker, size. yeah. Full of bobbleheads. Pirates? Pirates, penguins, there was like a Three Rivers Stadium replica in there. Yeah, I have a whole tub of that Yeah, stuff, like a big Tupperware tub full of bobbleheads, which because my dad has instilled this in me, and it's not true at all, I, I always think those are going to make yes. me rich one day. Yeah, and they won't. They don't. Mm-hmm. And they're just neat to have, kind of. 
I still can't get rid of all my old magazines, though. I have a 90-pound uh, no. box of CDs. Yeah, that yeah, is staying on the floor, and it's coming undone at the bottom. Doesn't it feel like you need to hold on to them in case, like, there's a nuclear war and the internet goes down, and you want to have hard copy? Yeah, you just want to have hard copy with a, you know, put put your walk disc man <laughs> in the same box as all those discs with some batteries, like for your bug out bag. No, I'm not going anywhere without my bad company <laughs> CD. Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. It's two minutes after seven in DVE. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. A few showers today, windy and turning colder. Temperatures falling into the upper 30s by this evening. few snow showers tonight will drop to 27. Scattered flurries on Wednesday, high of 34. I'm Scott Harbon, Severe Weather Center 11. It's 48 degrees now at DVEM Val Porter. A judge says 20-year-old Alex Reibel will spend at least the next 23 years in prison for the stabbing of 20 people and a security guard at Franklin Regional High School in 2014. Before being sentenced, Reibel expressed remorse, blaming mental illness and bullying for the incident. A plea of guilty but mentally ill was previously denied by the court. A report yesterday says lead levels in Pittsburgh drinking water has actually increased. Pittsburgh Water and Sewer Authority says they're not happy to see the increase considering those numbers have been trending downward for the past two years. The next step could be to add something called orthophosphate to the water to lower lead levels, but that would require approval from the city and the EPA. That ought to get Amazon. <laughs> Any other cities have this high of lead in it? Yeah. I don't think so, Amazon. Get your butt over here. Think of how many water filtration systems you're going to sell. A drilling rig in Oklahoma exploded Monday morning, leaving five people missing, according to news reports. When the explosion occurred just before 9 a.m. local time, 22 workers were, dwell- were drilling a gas well. While most were able to escape safely, five are still missing. Of those who escaped, one suffered minor burns. OSHA is looking into the incident and talking to employees. So far, the cause of the explosion remains unknown. A new survey finds people around the world believe the U.S. is becoming politically unstable. The U.S. News & World Report 2018 Best Countries Survey sees the U.S. becoming less progressive and trustworthy. 58% of people surveyed say they disapprove of President Trump's policies and performance in office. The Best Countries Survey ranks Switzerland as number one, followed by Canada, Germany, and the U.K. Still, the report out today does find the U.S. is considered the most powerful country on Earth, barely edging out Russia. There are a lot of things people do with their phones that are rude. A new BuzzFeed survey found 94% of us say texting on a date is rude. Yeah, definitely, especially if it's the first date. Who are the 6% that don't think it's rude to text while you're on a date? 87% say texting during a movie. 76%. It depends if you're, here's the thing about texting during a movie. If you've lowered this the screen light brightness, yeah, so the brightness isn't like illuminating your whole row when you open up your phone. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Okay. Me neither. I mean, it's just on you if you don't want to pay attention, whatever. Yeah, if you're there with your kids, oh, seeing a movie like watching, you don't care about sure. at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did that for Ferdinand, <laughs> and I'm not scared to admit it. <laughs> say just replying to a text with a lowercase letter K. Like, like K. 
Okay. I'm, I'm so uncomfortable when a guy texts me K about KK. That's even worse. KK? Any I mean, phonetically the... spelled words on Twitter or t- texting. No good. No. Not a fan. Not a fan. Bill, I have to ask you, uh, the lowercase K, do you get that from Serena? And if so, is it when she's really, really, really <laughs> mad at you? Because that's when yes. I get it. Yes. The, the lowercase K is a signal of The hey, shortest possible response. Because <laughs> you have to uncapitalize it because it comes uncapitalized. You have to uncapitalize it to make the lowercase Yeah, K. that's true. It's, it's an extra effort. work. You have to make an effort to show you're pissed off. Yep. Yep. 33% say just sending a one-word response. 31% say intentionally waiting to respond. 26% say walking while you're texting is rude. Oh, that's just stupid, really. Hey, uh, walk right into a manhole. Texting someone who's in the room. 14%. Done it. Definitely done it. <laughs> Not in the exact well, room, but in the house. I almost did that to Tim the other day. I'm like, I can't be that lazy. <laughs> I gotta. Our house is not that big. You can. I could yell from where I'm sitting, and he would hear me. You can be that lazy. I feel like me texting my wife is less annoying to her than me saying, <laughs> "Hey, babe," because the kids are just hanging from her at all points, and so they're annoying her. So me just saying, hey, babe, puts her over the top. I'm like, no, this can't be annoying to you. You're supposed to be annoyed with them because they're annoying. (laughs) Me saying babe is not annoying. Maybe it is better to text because then she can address it when she's ready. Yeah. It's not like, hey, 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 pay attention to me right now. I have to talk to you. Hey, when you're done being angry with the kids, uh, shoot me a text. I'm on the couch. (laughs) Okay. Using a lot of emojis, 11% think that's rude, and 7% say texting really long paragraphs. We've talked about this a lot. I think when guys use emojis back and forth, it gets to be a little, I don't know. It's a, it's a man card violation, I think. I know Merrill Hodge. If it's just emojis? I know Merrill Hodge uses like the fist a lot, like, yeah. Fist bump. Yeah, but. Uh, thumbs, thumbs up. I have friends who'll do like, like the the emoji face with the, like this tongue sticking out like, eh, just kidding or something like that. And I'm like, don't, that makes me uncomfortable. I do the crying laughing emoji. You do. You love that one. It's, it's great. I kind of only use emojis when I don't know what to say. <laughs> Bill like, does that when he wants me to stop texting him. He sends me a bunch of laughing ones. Like, okay, <laughs> I'm, just stop texting me. Conversation is over. <clears throat> and then I just write K. <laughs> Bill, I'm being hilarious. Lots of emojis. Just leave me alone. I got stuff. Does Keith Richards believe in aliens? I can't wait. I can't wait to meet. I know that they're, you know. know, (laughs) So what? You know, I mean, let's hope they're there. We need some help. Who knows? (laughs) I mean, I love the wonderment of it. I love the, the possibility of it. And, uh... And I love busting old myths. Let's hope they are, you know. I mean, I can't wait. <laughs> Beam me up, Scotty. 
That cough. Oh, maybe they can come down and clear that phlegm out of your chest. (laughs) He does this thing on his website where he he answers questions that people send in. This isn't the first time he's talked about his belief in extraterrestrials. He claims to have seen numerous UFOs and believes that the land around his English home serves as a UFO landing strip. Oh, yeah. I mean, he is basically just nicotine and vodka inside of a body. And if anybody's talked to the aliens, I mean, if anybody were to talk to the aliens, I'm sending Keith. Yeah. He has the best chance. Him and Aussie. They just turn around. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Did you ever think- There's no intelligent life yeah. on this planet. <laughs> Did you ever think that like the higher intelligence forms like the aliens look at this planet- like it's the trailer park of the universe? It is. <laughs> like they look down and they go, no, no, we're not interested. No, they come back with a report to their leaders and they're like, <clears throat> they're eating Tide Pods. <laughs> <laughs> we, they're morons. They're so dumb. I frequently, when I'm picking up dog poop, think of the joke where aliens see people picking up dog poop. Yeah. It's like, wait a minute. what's Why the, would you do uh, that? You know, the animals are the... Because other people don't Elevated. like it on their grass. <laughs> Duh. Uh, last night, Bill Cosby returned to the stage for an hour of something, at, at performing. I don't know if he intended it to be comedy, but he has kept a low profile beyond the days that he is required to appear in court. More than four dozen women have accused him of sexual misconduct. He does go back on trial in April on aggravated indecent assault charges in the drugging and rape of Andrea Constand. Last night, his performance at the La Rose Jazz Club in Philly was open to the public. He announced that show just hours in advance on Facebook. Uh, and he has been spotted wearing Philadelphia Eagles gear, showing his uh, <laughs> love of the team. Uh, you, you're allowed to boo him off stage and tell him to get. You know, you don't have to be polite to that guy. I can't. I can't imagine him doing this beyond that exact experience, like doing a, small, a last minute, yeah. small pop up show in Philadelphia. Because that would probably not give enough opportunity for people who are against him to go and it's a pretty yeah. small club if people was, have a heads up they're gonna protest yeah so i'm sure his facebook fans were megalomaniac and i heard he didn't address it why no what's he gonna tell jokes about it of course he's not i here. just flew in and boy are my court costs tired <laughs> i don't know i don't know how you would address it no, but how no could jokes. you not what is he doing yelling fake news and then sitting down I mean, the only thing that's acceptable if Bill Cosby does stand up is that somebody pulls his chair out from under him when he tries to sit down. <laughs> and all of Hollywood is waiting to find out if they have a chance to take home the industry's top honor. The Oscar nominations come out this morning. Two films are leading the charge with uh, one being the heavy favorite. Three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri has pretty much won just about every award it's been nominated for so far. It took home three at the SAG Awards, including Outstanding Performance by a Cast in a Motion Picture. Most experts predicting The Shape of Water will get a few nominations as well, including Best Picture and Best Director. I really liked it. I it thought was, it was... It's a weird movie. Didn't I, didn't I tell you? Way more sex than you would think. For a oh, whoa, sexu- spoiler alert. Sexual content. For a merman movie, yes. I mean, right off the bat... Yeah, right off the bat. Right off the bat. You're not, you just aren't expecting it. No, because no. it seems like it's it almost has like a Disney-esque quality to yes. it. Like it's got like this whimsical sort of, 
or uh, aura to it, and it's it's very Not, weird, yeah. and dark, and awesome. it's awesome. I'm a big fan. Under the yeah, sea. I forgot. There's also that scene with Michael Shannon and his wife. It's yeah. like hardcore. Yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, windy today. Scattered showers. Temperatures will fall through. Great the movie. Day. Uh, did you see it yet, Bill? No, I'm I'm watching it this. Hardcore week. sex. Great movie. <laughs> Fishmen. Great movie. Temperatures going to fall through the day. We'll get snow tonight and uh, a little more like normal temperatures in the 30s tomorrow. It was 60 yesterday. 60. 60. T-shirt weather. Yeah. That's normal. Uh, it's 48 now at DB. Andrew McCutcheon wrote a goodbye letter to Pittsburgh. This was a tough read. I don't yeah, know if, it was. if you had a chance to read it yet, but I mean, he talks about his love of Pittsburgh. It's in the Players' Tribune. And my favorite part is right in the beginning, I forgot to say goodbye. It's always funny how you picture something happening in your head versus how it happens in real life. In my head, I pictured myself savoring every moment of my last game as a pirate. This is my last time making that drive to the ballpark as I'd come up on 6th Street by the Clemente Bridge like a thousand times before. This is my last time putting on that black and yellow as I'd fix up in the clubhouse mirror Make sure my hat looked just right. This is my last time poking my head out of the dugout, stepping into that batter's box, swinging that bat, hitting that ball, running those bases for the only fans I've ever known. This is my last time being a Pittsburgh Pirate. In your head, you think you'll savor it, all of it, and really make it count. But the truth is, when the time comes and it happens for real, it won't even be on your mind. That's the truth. It never actually sank into me that September 27th, a Wednesday night game against the Orioles. Might be my last home game ever as a Pirate. I'm sure that's hard to believe for some people. With all the trade talk that had been going on last season, but I guess that's just how I dealt with it, you know? There had been so much talk for so long, so many questions and rumors, that I think my only way of coping with it was to block it out entirely. To say, you know what? That's it. I'm a Pirate. And until the day that someone tells me a different man, being a pirate's all I'm going to worry about. So when our last game of the season at PNC came around, I was really just treating it like any other night. Got to the park, put on that number 22 jersey, warmed up, stretched out, took BP, played in the field in the top of the first, and in the bottom, when they called my name, poked my head out of that home dugout, same as always, stepped into the batter's box, and that's when the most amazing thing happened. The fans. The fans, man. I don't even know what to say. They just erupted. They got out of their seats and stood up and started cheering for me like crazy. I'm telling you, like crazy. I mean, I've gotten cheered loudly before, but this was out of that world and into another. Like Baltimore's pitcher had to step off the rubber. It was so crazy. And at first, I was just thinking, you know, all right, last home game of the season. Fans are a little hyped. They're showing their appreciation for me. That's humbling. But then it just kept going and going and going. It kept going until there was nothing that I could do but tip my cap. Until there was nothing left for me but to acknowledge it and embrace it. And for a moment, even savor it. It's hard to explain the relationship you can develop with the city and its fans over the course of a career. But you get to this point where, I swear, it's like you can almost read each other's minds. You get to this point where at any given moment, the city will know how you're feeling. And you'll know how it's feeling right back. Good thing we got rid of that guy. (laughs) 
Unbelievable. The whole thing is uh, posted at TV.com if you want it, and it's great. And it and he talks about the fans that night. They just knew. They just knew. Yeah, they knew. They knew. It's a uh, it's a great read. Uh, it's once phenomenal. again, it's in the uh, the Players Tribune. Go check it out. Uh, I'm rooting for the Giants this year. I, I'm serious about that. Yeah. Well, Kutch is my guy. We're working on a way to make that easier for you here. Details coming soon. Okay. Bud Light says it's going to honor Lane Johnson's promise to give everyone in Philly a beer. Do you hear about this? Yes. He wanted to send a thank you to the Eagles fans for sticking with the team after his difficult 2016 season. So in August, he made a promise in front of multiple reporters. I got a lot to prove to the city, Johnson told reporters following the team's open practice at Lincoln Financial Field. I think if we're going to have a few big years and make the playoffs, if we win the Super Bowl, I'm giving out beer to everybody. (laughs) Really nice gesture. Maybe the worst idea of all time. Right. But then Bud Light said, you know what? We'll back you up on that. (laughs) Bud Light has not forgotten about our commitment to Lane Johnson, the Eagles in the city of Philadelphia. We'll be sharing plans soon, but in the interest of not jinxing the team ahead of their upcoming game, we are not going to unveil any plans at this time. We wish the Eagles the best of luck this weekend. Thou still have one battle left to become victorious. Yeah, they're doing the whole like King uh, Dilly Dilly thing. So there you go. How about that? If it's one fan base that can handle beer, it's Philadelphia. Um, Philly fans, they're always well behaved. Yeah. <laughs> the post-game <laughs> interviews were so funny. Oh the God. one where they interview the guy with an eye patch. Yeah, and he surprisingly he swore a bunch. <laughs> how do you? As how a would reporter, you expect that? Yeah, a guy in an Adidas tracksuit with an eye patch in South Philly. <laughs> they said, "Yeah, you would think here's a guy. He's going to be eloquent that we should put on the news." <laughs> Excuse me, sir, Mister Patch, you with the eye patch in the blood running down your face. <laughs> Philadelphia Police Department says only six. Arrests. That that's fake news. There's no way. They, Is that before the game? I the parking lot. That couldn't lot. even have been before the game. The parking lot. You could. There's videos where you could see ten to twelve people breaking the law and see their faces clearly. Does Philly just do the purge thing where they just say <laughs> nobody's getting it's arrested for the yeah. next eight hours? Maybe. It's going to be a lawless city. And then we're going to Crisco our light poles and just hope for the best. The Crisco on the light poles. Has that ever been done before? I've never seen that. I've never even heard of it. I didn't know that could be a thing. <laughs> it's pretty funny that it was it's a thing. Though. Hilarious. So now imagine How do they get that off. That's a great question. How long is the Crisco on I mean, the pole? It, I think it you would just be water have to like repellent, right? towel it off, right? <laughs> <laughs> Nine aprons you waste on this pole. I don't know. I mean, maybe when it gets hot this summer, it's going to uh, smell like yeah. it. Yeah, it'll melt off. All sizzling light posts. No, Broad <laughs> Street just smell like like a fry cook. <laughs> now, imagine if you're Vikings fans and your town is oh, hosting the Super Bowl and you just lost to the Eagles and now they're coming to your town to play in the Super Bowl. <sighs> you're, you're Get your slingshots right. out. Well, because... And there are plenty of videos of Vikings fans just trying to go to the game at Lincoln Financial Field last just week. Just walking in. And getting stuff thrown, beers thrown at the Pelted heads. with full beers. Yeah. So there's a it's Facebook a good Bud page Light commercial. where a guy, dilly dilly, boom. Vikings fan just gets hit in the head and goes straight down. Uh, Vikings fans 
are putting together a protest where they're going to try to throw stuff at Philly fans. This is not smart. The guy put his name on it. Telegraph it. It's a Facebook page. Hey, Vikings fans, I want to show them the same hospitality they showed our fans and team in Philly. Skull. This isn't meant to be an obnoxious event or rally. This event is to bring our state together and fans to show them we love our team and stand behind it no matter what. We're going to be classy. No fights. Right. Yeah, Yeah. because if you throw stuff at people, there's never any possible repercussions that could happen from that, especially when the other people that are being thrown at are are from Philly. Bring purple snowballs and glitter and paint bombs as well as megaphones We will be heard, and we will stand among Super Bowl day. Revenge is sweetest when it's done smart and with some class. I want 2,000 mm. mobbing the light <laughs> rails and bars by the stadium. Any other ideas go through me and fellow moderators. Not a good idea. It's you gotta can't be a attack. Surpri- it's got to be a surprise attack. They can't put it on Facebook. I mean, imagine if the Steelers lost to the Patriots in New England and the Super Bowl was in Pittsburgh, and then we had to watch them come play here. You wouldn't have to put a Facebook post out. <laughs> People would organically and instinctively know to do what they had to do. And then Philly.com did an article yesterday about Steeler fans who are rooting for the Eagles and whether or not that's a conflict. Virginia it's 100% is... 100% uh, a conflict, but this is where we are. Right. The lesser of two evils. But... It's not a good choice. There There's seems- neither one I want to vote for. This is like the election last year. Well, Aditi Kinkabwala... From NFL.com, tweeted out something to the effect of, why is there so much hatred between Pittsburgh and Philadelphia? I don't get it. They're not even in the same conference. And then people were like, the Flyers. Yeah. That's why. The Flyers. And that's enough for a lot of people most times. But the hatred of the Patriots is so great. We can't get past the fact that we can't get past them. Oh, yeah. So everybody is going to be rooting for the Eagles. And it's the Super Bowl thing. I think Slack was getting into it with somebody on Twitter yesterday. This the, Our claim to fame here is we have six rings. Right. We have more Super Bowls than anybody. Yeah. They're infringing on that this year. And it's looking pretty good for them right now. Five and a half point favorites to open yesterday. Not sure how much movement happened in the books over the course of one day. But a couple of weeks. I'm sure Gronk will be good by then. But you get to hear about uh, Terrific Tom and his magic hands. Those TB12 <laughs> gloves. Healed his hand. Magic hands. Ma- magic hands Mike Pursuta coming in next with a sports <laughs> update for you. Also, Stephen King loves the Berg. And we'll uh, imagine what his books would have been like if they were all set in Pittsburgh, how they would have been different. And we'll look into some of the ways that might have gone down. Plus, the Black and Golden Globe Awards. We give out. It's awards season, so we got to give is. out some awards for the Steelers. Val has news. At the top of the hour, but Mike Pursuta has sports next. Workforce Cash coming up at 8. From everything. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. What's up? Hockey season. It is. Just started. Pens in Carolina tonight at PPG Paints Arena. Opening 7 night. o'clock on your Pens flagship <laughs> 105.9 The X. The Stanley Cup championship banner will be raised. There will be ceremony. There will be pomp. There will be circumstance. Pomp. Pomp will be there. Pomp's yeah, usually there. He's usually there. It's actually, uh, they've been playing for a while. This will be game number 50 for the Penguins. 50. And they're checking in at 25, 21, and 3, which is uh, probably not where you thought they'd be. Through 49 games, but uh, the Penguins are 6-3 in their last nine, so the results 
have been better of late. And winger Carl Hagelin said yesterday that the Penguins are earning those better results of late. Yeah, we're getting better. I think uh, we're definitely doing a better job controlling the game and not just hoping that our PP is going to win it for us. We're doing a better job creating chances five on five, and that's the time we need, uh, t- uh, type of team we need to be if we want to have success. Yeah, that uh, six and three stretch in the Pens last nine includes a one and two showing in last week's three game swing through California. But defenseman Justin Schultz also likes the way the Pens have been playing of late. He's seen that fish before. I think we're getting back to the way we played last year and playing our style, playing fast and creating opportunities and a lot of puck possession, which is good. Yeah, head coach Mike Sullivan agrees with his players. He confirmed after practice yesterday that uh, despite that 1-2 and two record in the swing through Anaheim, Los Angeles, and San Jose, uh, the results are encouraging in terms of the way the games are playing out. Uh, the Penguins better than they've been. Yeah, we did. I, you know, we, I, I just looked at some of the statistics that we track over the weekend with our, you know, the three games as a group, and uh, they were three pretty hard-fought, even games from a scoring chance standpoint. Um, you know, I, we we had a significant amount of offensive zone time, which I think is an important uh, statistic for our particular team uh, in the way we're trying to play, um, and and so we like that aspect of our game. Um, you know, in the Anaheim game, we gave up four breakaways. A lot of it had to do with just puck management at that offensive blue line or just inside that offensive blue line where we might be trying to do a little bit too much with the puck. We're hitting shin pads or we're trying to make a play that might not be there to, to be made. And as a result, we leave ourselves vulnerable. And that's something as a team that we've discussed, that we've got to have a certain element of discipline and a heightened awareness in that area of the rink so that uh, we, we don't give teams easy ones. Uh, but I thought the the uh, the other two games we were we were much better and and they were hard fought games. You know we we did a lot of good things. Uh, there's certainly areas where we where we think we can improve and get better. We try to work on some of those today in practice. We showed them in in a film session this morning. Uh, and so we're just gonna we're gonna try to uh, to learn from it and and get ready for that next game. And I think that's the only approach we can take right now. And that's how you can really tell that they are doing better of late. It's, it's one thing for Mike, Tullivan, Mike Sullivan to say, yeah, we were better, but he went on. That was a one-minute and 23-second soundbite. That was full frontal Mike Sullivan. When he's in a good mood, when he's feeling it, he mm-hmm. likes to talk about it. Pontificating. And, you know, simple questions can result in soliloquies in response. I love that about Sullivan. He gets so fired up to talk about the game of hockey. And uh, when his team is doing what he thinks it needs to do to win, then he's more than happy to go on and on and on and and on and on and on. You know, when you hear when you hear Mike Sullivan filibustering, then you should feel pretty good about uh, what's going on with the Penguins. Uh, they are 25-21 and 3 as I mentioned through 49 games. That's 53 points. They are the first team on the outside looking in for the uh, wild card picture in the Eastern Conference. Philadelphia has 54 points. Through 47 games, the Rangers with 53 through 48. Uh, the Islanders have 53 points through 49 games, as do the Penguins, and Carolina's got 50 through 47 games. Uh, they've got the urgency now that they were trying to manufacture in the first three months or so and not having a whole lot of success manufacturing it, and that is really not something that you can usually manufacture for very long. Uh, I think the 
the position they're in now should dictate that they will have mm-hmm. the urgency that they need, and we'll see if they can make a move here. Can't can't fake it, you know. No, it's either, you're either in a position where you really need the points or you don't. And they need them now. And uh, think they're going to shake it up in terms of changing the roster? Yeah, I don't know. I'd like to see if they can continue uh, this this little streak that they're on. You keep winning two out of three. Do that for a month, and you're going to mm-hmm. be in a real good spot. Brian Rust, full contact in practice yesterday. He appears ready to uh, rejoin the lineup after missing the last 11 games. The Penguins sent winger Daniel Sprong back to HL. Wilkes-Barre-Scranton yesterday, and Matt Murray was back with the club. He was away due to the death of his father. I don't know if Murray's going to play tonight or not, but at least he's back with his team and yeah, I mean, it, trying to catch some normalcy again. After it sounded like he was sort of comforted by the the routine you would think and what yeah, he used think to and was glad help. to get back going on so you know there are some people you know everybody grieves differently yes and yeah. uh, he 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 seemed to you know audibly convey that hey this is where i want to be this is what i how i want to deal with it and it's his professional family and right they're supporting him and that's got to help uh one of the things sullivan mentioned uh, that we're going to explore a little bit next hour he, he referenced offensive zone time in that one minute, 23 second, we're playing better sound bite. And he's not just talking about with the puck. It's where the puck is and how they track that. And uh, we'll kick that around at 8.30. AP College Basketball Top 25 yesterday. West Virginia checked in at number 7. And then the Mountaineers went out and got beat by Jamie Dixon and TCU 82-73 to last night in Fort Worth, Texas. Mountaineers fall to 16-4 and four overall, 5-3. and Jamie three. Dixon gets it done. Yeah, they're having a good season. Uh, they started hot. They were in the top 25. They just fell out recently, but uh, it's going well for him at uh, his alma mater since he made the move back home. Villanova's still the number one team, followed by Virginia, Purdue, Duke, and Kansas, rounding out the top five. Some Steelers news. Uh, ESPN's Adam Schefter reporting that Todd Haley's going to be the new offensive coordinator in Cleveland. And fullback Roosevelt Knicks named to the AFC Pro Bowl squad yesterday. Roosevelt Knicks will replace James Devlin of the Patriots. He's going to the Super Bowl. And that's just because the coaching staff is Steelers, right? I don't know. Probably one of the best in the league. I don't know how many teams still running with a fullback. Yeah, I don't know how they picked the replacements, to be honest with you. And I don't care because the Pro Bowl is really... Yeah, who cares about it? Farcical. What is that, 10 Steelers now? Because it was eight originally, and then eight, Cam and... Cam was named last week. Uh, Knicks yesterday, and the original designees were Chris Boswell, Antonio Brown, David DeCastro, Marquise Pouncey, Ben Roethlisberger, Ryan Shazier, and Alejandro Villanueva. You know, guys, guys get picked, and then they decide not to go. So somebody has to replace them. So that guy is named a pro bowler, even though he's, it's like the stand-in, you know, yeah, that's, yep. sometimes it's the fourth or fifth stand-in at some positions. And then the two teams in the Super Bowl who you figure they're pretty good teams and usually have a bunch of pro bowlers, their guys don't go because they're going to the Super Bowl. So there's a whole bunch of more stand-ins and pretty soon you got half the league as a pro bowler <laughs> by definition Dumb. Or, or by designation, if not by right. uh, distinction. So if you still didn't get designated, yeah. if you're maybe not a you pro ought to bowler, rethink this whole football thing. There you go. All pros, the one that I think is uh, 
a legit. Yeah, it's the only thing that matters. Important yep. honor that, that that really sets you apart. That's honestly what they should do for the Pro Bowl anymore. Just make it a. You're just named to the yeah. Pro Bowl. And then don't play. The There's game. no game. I could live without it. In fact, I do. There you go. Well, it's the awards season, as you know. We already had the SAG Awards the other night. The Golden Globes. Yep. So when we come back, Spirit Awards. We figured, yes, Spirit Awards. Uh, we figured we'd do our own awards, the Black and Golden Globe Awards, giving out awards for the 2017 season for the Pittsburgh Steelers. We have to celebrate something, Mike. Got to. Or at, at least. It's about the journey, not the destination. That's right. Give recognition where it's due. That's on the way. Also, some Steve, of those outfits at the, you know, the red carpet when they did this last night. Oh yeah. Really, <laughs> floored me. The stuff Antonio Brown was wearing. Oh, it was just phenomenal. Also, <laughs> Mike Lang, 845. Mike returns. The Hockey Hall of Famer returns to the DVE Morning Show. And Billy Gardell coming up at 9 o'clock. DVE. It is the DVE Morning Show. Todd Haley has been hired as the offensive coordinator in Cleveland. He's now the Cleveland Browns OC. And um, I still don't know why they didn't just promote the quarterback coach there to the offensive coordinator. Isn't that what they you have do? a quarterback coach? Like, not a big deal, is it? I know they didn't have an offensive coordinator. Well, you know what, uh, Bill? This being award season, we wanted to give out some awards. We have for, to. For the Pittsburgh Steelers. And so we're, uh, we've, we've uh, shabbily put together the Black and Golden Globe Awards, Val. It's a very illustrious celebration and, uh, of course, right now it's only on paper, but one day we hope to have an actual big <laughs> to-do. real statue. Yeah. So what we try to do is just find categories that were, like, similar that we could apply to the Steelers season. And looking back, there were a lot of things to, uh, to recognize. For instance, the one I'll say uh, right off the bat that, uh, in all seriousness, and no joke, best motion picture, all right, without a doubt. Oh, mama, I'm in The renegade video. After Ryan Shazier injur- Shazier's injury that just showed all Shazier highlights, I Phenomenal. mean, that's got to be number one, right? Number one uh, motion picture there, the Renegade video for Ryan Shazier. Now, uh, second, there uh, a, a, a um, honorable mention, Juju doing a reporter on the street. That would be the second. Honorable mention there. Yeah, so I mean, there's been some uh, some conversation about you know Juju Smith Schuster's hit. Do you, right. What about that kid Sarah Burford? What I do you think? The hit, oh, the hit was great. Just he probably shouldn't have taunted like that, but the hit was uh, I had no problem with it. Is he, he's so. I mean, I think it was a great hit. I yeah. think he should have never stood over him. Exactly. I think he's done for that. I mean, he's young. He's young. He'll, he'll, yeah. he'll, learn. he'll learn. He'll learn. I mean, his, I mean, his fine was crazy. I know it was, and he got suspended too. We would have loved to see him tomorrow, but it is what it is. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> Reporter John Smith, but didn't quite just make, maybe next year for Juju in the uh, best motion picture category, best performance by an actor, the guy who stole Juju's bike and pretended he found it. And I looked at the bike and I looked at the TV and I looked at the bike. I looked at the TV again and I said, oh, that's the bike I bought. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, you can hardly tell that he's the guy that stole the bike. It's like De Niro-esque there. That's the bike I bought. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> honorable mention in best performance by an actor, Mike Tomlin, at the uh, end-of-year press conference pretending he didn't know if Todd Haley was going to get fired. <laughs> that was pretty good. I almost believed him. Almost. Uh, almost. Best director. Mike, I'm going a little outside the lines here. Best director. I'm going Phil Kreidler, director of college scouting for the Steelers. 
Big year. Juju, TJ, and Cam Sutton might not stink. So that's pretty good. Also, that's it, amazing. It was the closest thing to director I could think of. <laughs> it's a technical award. It's it's one of those awards where you might not know the person, but they're critical. Very important. Outstanding the work. industry people know Phil Crudler. Yeah. Outstanding right. work by an actress. This was a tough one. Going to Missy Matthews from Steelers TV. Wow, what'd she do? Pretending Pursuta and Labriola aren't complete troglodytes every time she goes on TV with them. <laughs> really, yeah, yeah she really does look interested in what you guys have to say and not lifting. completely disgusted with you guys at, at this point, which is a Herculean uh, effort on her part. I feel like I've contributed then in some way. In some ways, yeah, you share that. Actor she couldn't have done it without you. She could not have. Yeah, that's the way to look at it. Uh, best best actor in a drama. Uh, now look, oh, in a this, year, this well, there's a, a lot of candidates. packed field full of category. drama. This one has to go to Ben Roethlisberger for this. Don't think so, but maybe I am. Maybe I don't have it anymore. Maybe I don't have it anymore. I mean, look at Very the delivery. Dramatic. He got people believing. Maybe he thinks he doesn't have it Is anymore. He done? I mean, what an acting effort! Because after that, uh, we Marty know Robel, what an right, actor. Ten games that. Followed that comment, 2,982 yards, 22 touchdowns, 7 picks, 102.7 QB rating, and a 9-1 record. 102.7. Just missed it, yeah. Yeah. Just missed it. Let's just round it down. It's a little north of perfect. Let's round it down. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, so he gets best actor in a drama because there's no way. He knew he still had it. He knew. Best supporting actor. You know, he just... We took them for granted, like most supporting actors. The boss, Chris Boswell, four game winners this year, including the 53-yarder. Three at the gun. He was yeah. amazing. At zero. And a day to snap. Ball on the left hash. Buried a hole, the 53-yarder, to try to decide this football game for Chris Boswell. The snap is down. The kick by Bos. Long enough. High enough. And that kick is good. The Steelers win the football game. Thanks to Money in the Bank, Chris Boswell. Money in the Bank. He really was best supporting actor. The, one of the killer bees for sure. And they're going to lock him up long term, hopefully. Uh, the uh, Black and Golden Globes continue. Best foreign foot, Jordan Berry. Outside, uh, <laughs> outstanding, rather, performance by a fan. Uh, this one was tough because there it were really a lot. Was. There were a lot. Um, but there was a guy, I think this was in Nashville, right before... The Steelers played the Patriots, I believe. Or maybe it was before the playoffs. But he was being arrested, and the television cameras were around him as he was being led into a police car. And as they were, uh, you know, guiding his head into the cruiser, he was asked if he had anything to say. Is there anything you want to say? I hope the Steelers won the Super Bowl. <laughs> well, there you go. Boy, didn't work out the way he wanted. Hopefully they have TVs in jail. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's just not working out for him at all. He's so he's so bummed right now. I mean, it almost... Uh, honorable though. mention to Barry for just all things Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's the best place to live. I don't <laughs> care what anybody says. If you got to do some cleanup, hey, it is what it is. Yeah. But we're still number one out here. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> He was wearing a Steelers sweatshirt. I think he had a hoodie and a Penguins hat on. So He's crossing the streams, I uh, love it. Best screenplay: anyone that Martavis didn't fumble. I think is what we were going with, right? Not a- <laughs> the bubble screens. Yeah, there was many to pick from. Right, we didn't know which one. And they were all kind of the same. <laughs> Unremarkable. Thanks um, for I- all those bubble screens, yeah. Todd. Todd Haley. 
Best screenplay, of course. King, King of the bubble screen. Um, best original score. Had to go with last week's lateral Ben Roethlisberger to Le'Veon Bell. And gets the shotgun snap. He pumps. He runs. And he throws a lateral pass. And that's Le'Veon Bell. Touchdown. And he gets into the end zone for the Steelers' touchdown. What a play by Ben Roethlisberger. The Red Sea parted. He started running and said, well, I don't think I can make the end zone. Here, Le'Veon, I'll throw a lateral pass to you, and you do it. I mean, it really was an original score. There was a fault. Worst uh, original score followed that when they onside kicked, and then they got the ball back, and then they didn't kick a field goal to try to onside kick again. They just scored a meaningless touchdown at the end. That was that was the worst screenplay, worst original score. Follow-up awards, yeah. Worst guy acting like a head yeah. coach that knows what he's doing. Much like all the big award ceremonies, some awards were given out last night at a smaller <laughs> award ceremony. That original um, score made me spit in your eye. Be- yeah, it did. <laughs> That's true. He spit his beer at me when they I'd, scored. I'd never seen that before. Because he goes, oh, what's this? And I go, touchdown. And you went, <laughs> <laughs> Because it looked like he was going to scramble it, and Ben was bumbling and you rumbling. Were, you looked like, like, like you are like, oh, what the oh, hell? Oh, no, Ben, what are you doing? And then you just take a slug off your beer. I'm like, touchdown. <laughs> that was pretty cool. That, that was I mean, awesome. Oh, that was incredible. It was the best See, original score. That's him score. in chaos. Sometimes yeah. it works. Right. Uh, best en- ensemble comedy, the Cleveland Browns. Shotgun for Kaiser. Gets the snap on fourth down. He's jostled in the pocket. He's hit, and he gets out, and he throws it down the field, and it's caught for oh, the first down. It. He oh, missed it. Oh, it was thrown for Coleman. Coleman. And at the 10-yard line, the 11-yard line, he just uh, didn't catch the ball oh, in front of Artie Burns. Oh, and that oh, will be oh. ball over oh. on down. Yes, the best uh, ensemble comedy goes to the Cleveland Browns, and congratulations to them. And speaking of the Browns, the last award of the Black and Golden Globes goes to their new offensive coordinator. Winning for outstanding stunt work for his performance at Tequila Cowboy. <laughs> he does all his own stunts. That's Coach incredible. Haley. He's like Tom Cruise. Offensive coordinator, Todd Haley. Before I talk football, uh, I want to uh, address something that I'm sure you have uh, questions about. A few nights ago, unfortunately, I was in a situation Um <laughs> The situation, though not of my doing, uh, has been made clear to me by the Steelers uh, that it is a non-issue. No, non-issue. We're going to fire again. And the Steelers organization. It was a big issue. Todd, were you shoved? Shoved in the ground? As I said, I'm. that's as far as I'll address it. I mean, football stuff. Football stuff. He's going to go try to teach the Cleveland Browns how to not drop the ball. As he coordinates their offense. If he and was he's off- calling nothing but QB sneaks all and, year. Bu- and bubble screens. Todd Haley, outstanding stunt work uh, by a coordinator there. Uh, congratulations to him on winning that Black and Golden Gold- Globe Award. You get the feeling if Todd Haley was an offensive coordinator for the Steelers in the 70s, he would have been in a Burt Reynolds movie. In a scene with a bar fight. Convention? He would have been in Ho- what? Hooper 2 <laughs> or something. So there you go. <laughs> Convention of A-holes? As we slowly let go. Of the 2017 Steelers and the dream that we had that they oh. would reach the Super Bowl each day by paying just a little less attention to that situation. It's uh, it's tough to let go. It's tough to let go. It really is. And now we The have- hard part is now there's nothing this week and then 
Got to talk Super Bowl next week. Ah. It's going to linger like an open wound. You don't have to let it linger. Then the Patriots are going to win. You don't have to. You don't have to. And then? Then it's going to really be a problem. Yeah, that's true. And we're going to find out. You watch this TB12 thing. There's going to be a big explosive explosive expose one of these days. We're going to find out that this guy's been using the same. He's the new Balco. That's what we're going to find out. Or he's the greatest. Or he's like on the, the new Serrano. He has like a Joe Boo. <laughs> Up yours, Joe Boo. Val's uh, got your news next. We got Val. We're going to talk about the most popular safe words for bondage sex. Bubble screen. Thanks, folks. That's our award ceremony. <laughs> Good Bubble night. Screen. Good luck to all the winners, and best of luck to all the losers. And there's always next year. Mike Lang, 845, and why Stephen King loves Pittsburgh. That's on the way, DV. Vikings fans are putting together a protest where they're going to try to throw stuff at Philly fans. This is not smart. The guy put his name on it. Telegraph it. It's a Facebook page. Hey, Vikings fans, I want to show them the same hospitality they showed our fans. This isn't meant to be an obnoxious event or rally. This event is to bring our state together and fans to show them we love our team and stand behind it no matter what. We're going to be classy. No fights. Yeah, yeah, because if you throw stuff at people, yes. there's never any possible right. repercussions that could happen. I mean, imagine if the Steelers lost to the Patriots in New England and the Super Bowl was in Pittsburgh, and then we had to watch them come play here. You wouldn't have to put a Facebook post out. <laughs> people would organically and instinctively know to do what they had to do. Randy Bauman and the DV. Yeah, I'd be Morning afraid Show. of what that would look like, actually. It would be no good. French fry gun. <laughs> just shoot coleslaw and french fries at everybody Val's got news right now just hot dog gun it's close range <laughs> right. they're, they're getting off the shuttle <laughs> we got here's the channel 11 severe weather center forecast brought to us by dormont appliance a few showers today windy and turning colder temperatures falling into the upper 30s by this evening few snow showers tonight will drop to 27. Scattered flurries on Wednesday, high of 34. I'm Scott Harbaugh in Severe Weather Center 11. It's 47 degrees now at DVEM Val Porter. Federal authorities say a Michigan man accused of threatening the mass murder of employees Atlanta at Atlanta headquartered CNN is out on $10,000 bond. 19-year-old Brandon Grissomer is alleged to have made nearly two dozen phone threats about a week ago from a Detroit suburb. In one of the calls, the suspect allegedly told the CNN operator, quote, fake news, I'm coming to gun you all down, end quote. Part-time grocery store worker was also accused of making angry phone calls to a mosque back in September. Police in Orlando, Florida, stepping up security patrols for a Jackson Brown concert. The show is scheduled for tonight at the Dr. Phillips Center for the Performing Arts and is the apparent target of threats made in Indiana. Banners found at a church in West Lafayette include a mention of Brown, today's date written in red, and the words, quote, die Orlando just like Vegas. That's an apparent reference to the October uh, concert attack in Vegas in which 58 people were killed. World leaders, billionaire investors, and all sorts of global elites are in Davos, Switzerland, where the annual World Economic Forum is now underway. This year, the movers and shakers will be engaging in discussions on everything from global markets and the digital economy to artificial intelligence and sexual harassment. President Trump is expected to deliver a speech later on this week, and for whatever reason, it was big news yesterday and this morning. Did they tell him it wasn't a how-to? Uh... 
Melania not going with him. Oh, okay. That was very big news for some reason. Why? I don't know. Maybe she's pissed about the the, the porn well, star that was the speculation, story. But does after she, go she found out that him? he had an affair with a porn star and Rod dogged the porn star while she was home with their baby. I bet that you know. I know she that, signed a contract, but that probably made her mad. And the part that probably made her mad was the uh, no condom part. She's like, really? <laughs> you could have at least uh, worn a condom, Donald. Come on. I'm sure they have some sort of deal with that. That that he's allowed to bang whoever. I'm sure. They don't uh, you know? You'd have to think. I just think she doesn't like him in general. <laughs> well, I there's mean, a there's a when you see them together, it doesn't. There's look right. no. It's like they're total strangers. <laughs> the picture of him getting on. Air Force One with the umbrella over his head and Melania and Baron are behind him. Yeah. And he's just like walking in, protecting himself, and they're just out in the cold behind him. <laughs> and when she slapped his hand away when they were oh, walking yeah. Perfect. somewhere. Yeah. Well, in a related story, there are people who participate in deviant sex acts, which <laughs> require them to have a safe word. So if you're not familiar okay. with what that is, that's if things get too scary or dangerous or painful, you can yell out your safe word and everything comes to a halt you also can do that at the scare house if you uh (laughs) sign the contract to go in the basement oh really yeah you have to have a safe word well it needs to be a word that clearly is this is done everything has to stop yes a new survey from love honey have found that uh the fans of bdsm have been choosing donald trump as their safe word oh well that would (laughs) good way to just shut everything down yeah stop the flow of activity love honey surveyed a thousand people to find out about people's preferred safe words during sex donald trump number one number one came out on top make america great in sex again um, other celebrity <laughs> names being used to put a stop to bondage sex include Justin Bieber, Kelly Clarkson, Superman, and Tinkerbell. Probably all good choices, too. I think mine would be Tom Brady. <laughs> Tom Brady! Tom Brady! TB12. The most popular non-celebrity words include red, which apparently was used in Fifty Shades of Grey. Like, stop. Oh, okay. Red light, Stop. Uh, pineapple, banana, orange, peach, apple, vanilla, yellow, blue, and why all that? Really? That's what if you're having kinky sex and it involves fruit and you say pineapple and then they're like, like, all right. (laughs) I mean, you asked for it. Fump. Some of the strangest. Couldn't you have got the cubed ones? (laughs) 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 I didn't mean the whole pineapple. I thought we were playing ring toss with the ones out of a can. (laughs) Some of the strangest words used for safe words include boldy bread, cool runnings. A little bit too much. What? Cool runnings? Which is one of the houses in Harry Potter. That is hilarious. The Jamaican bobsled team movie. Cool runnings. (laughs) John Candy. (laughs) Mine would probably like Catholic, like guilt. Shame, <laughs> sin, hell, treason, hell, hail Mary, forgive me, penance, my pens, mince. We uh, <laughs> we are also we're spending a lot of money on exercise. 
apparently. So much. According to a new study, Americans, particularly millennials, spend more on working out than on college. Well, it feels like the more you spend on on working out, the less you actually have to do. Like, if you put a, a nice investment into something, you don't have to, have to actually spend a lot of time doing it. Right. Because you let yourself off the hook. Right. I'm like, what? look, I spend my money. Clearly, I'm dedicated. I've I'm, spent the money. I'm participating here. I bought a bike. The study by sports and nutrition company MyProtein found the average American spends $155 a month on health and fitness. MyProtein is my safe word. <laughs> uh, Muscle milk. <laughs> <laughs> that may be not a good one to no. use. No. Uh, so that's $112,000 over your lifetime. That's a lot. By comparison, tuition at a public four-year university is about $98,000. So how does the 155 bucks break down? I would say these numbers are a little off. $33 on gym memberships. Yeah, you can get a good gym membership for about 30 40 bucks. 40 yeah, yeah. Uh, 56 on health supplements. $35 on workout clothing and accessories. $17 for a healthy eating plan. No way. It's How are you eating way healthy more. for 17 bucks? Way more. And $14 on trainers. That's got to be way low, too. Were you getting some bootleg trainers in an alley? Study found 87% of Americans believe paying for fitness is a high priority, and some people, uh, of course, paying a lot more than that average of 155 a month. I found out what personal trainers are supposed to make. And because th- I hit this guy up, and he, you know, he's this calisthenics guru and I, I was like hey man I'd love to come train with you you know how much and he's like well it's $60 an hour and I just typed in ha 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 like <laughs> a whole bunch of ha ha's and then I was telling somebody like yeah he said he wanted $60 an hour look at this idiot and they were like no that's what they get yeah and I was like oh then I've insulted him terribly there there was an article in the Wall Street Journal about how many phony personal trainers there are like this whole, oh, sure. like, you know, how easy it is to get your certificate, how many people have certificates that lapse, gyms that let guys just work out there as personal trainers. And, and how then, many of them are on steroids? There's that, too. <laughs> and how many of them sleep with your wife? I mean, it seems like there's a yeah, lot. Yeah, that's of, the most aggressive one. Yeah. That's the trainer I just, you know, that's a, an added bonus of the tra- trainer I, I don't need. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the anxiety of. I'm going to go work out with my tennis instructor. No, you're not. Where? We'll YouTube this. But no, there's a lot of phony personal trainers out there. You have to be careful. Yeah. Ask for credentials before you give 60 bucks an hour. Because a lot of people don't know what they're doing. People get hurt. It's true. It is. And definitely don't trust anybody that you're buying muscle milk off of from GNC. <laughs> oh, yeah, I train on the side. Yeah. Meet me in the Party City parking lot <laughs> at dawn. Cash. Um, Do you have your own ankle weights? It looks like producers of Motley Crue's The Dirt uh, have all the actors lined up that will play the band in the film. The Hollywood Reporter says negotiations are underway for Game of Thrones actor. I don't know how you say this guy's name. Ewan Roan. Sure. He's going to play McMars. Daniel Weber of The Punisher is expected to play Vince Neal, and uh, if their deals are signed, they'll join Douglas Booth as Nikki Six and Machine Gun Kelly as Tommy Lee. I wish this would have been. Aha! That actually makes perfect sense. When you said rapper, I was like, who is that going to be? 
Yes. So it's supposed to be directed by Jeff Tremaine, who did the Jackass movies. The Dirt is in pre-production and set to go in front of the cameras late next month. Matt Lauer not only out of a job, out of his house, too. The disgraced Today Show host booted from his Hamptons home by his wife, Annette Roque. According to the New York Post, he's reportedly staying at another Hamptons home so he can be near his kids. The couple had been living apart for years, with Matt spending weekdays in his Park Avenue apartment while Annette stayed at their Long Island properties. But after Matt got fired from NBC, he's reportedly been Fighting to save his marriage. Oh, She God. has not filed for divorce yet, but the Post says it's likely to happen quite you soon. You can't stay with that guy. No. Let her go, you jerk. You know, you already screwed it up. I don't know how old his kids are, but... Let her start a new life and just forget about yes. you. Instead Hasn't of he paid trying, enough, though? Making her try to forgive you over the course of 20 years. Right. I mean, he's sleeping in somebody else's property in the Hamptons. The guy's clearly suffering. <laughs> I know. He's you know it's like most people are like got to sleep on a buddy's couch or something. This dude's like, can I use your guest mansion? Yeah. <laughs> of course you can. Keep it. Do for you a have a spare years. Jaguar I could borrow? <laughs> Windy today, scattered showers, falling temperatures today as well. We'll get snow tonight. Tomorrow's high in the 30s. It's 48 at DVE. So yesterday, Stephen King started tweeting about Pittsburgh, and everyone was like, "Oh, hey, hey, this is cool. Look at this." He tweeted out, I liked listening to the Pittsburgh accent when I was there working with the late, great George Romero. He worked on the movie Creepshow. Ah, that was a long time ago. I love that movie. Great collabo. Only Pittsburgh people know what you mean when you say, I'm going to John Eagle. Like, (laughs) Eagle, he put, like, I don't know, you know. It's spectacular. Yeah, it's kind of cool. You know, he's from Maine. Uh, but he's a. He, I saw him at a Red Sox game one time and said hi to him. Like he's an approachable guy. Mm-hmm. He was, you know, ever, he, I ever, yeah. he looks really scary. He's yeah, totally he weird, but he's he's nice. Um, and he said about you know the accent and how much he loved it here. And then people were like, "Holy cow, this is kind of neat." No one's really sure why he did it. Like out of the blue, that movie was in 1982. Yeah, because he tweeted when George Romero passed away, but that was last year, right? And then people started answering him in Pittsburghese. But I got to thinking about, like, wouldn't it have been cool if in 1982 he liked Pittsburgh so much that he just moved here and that all of his (laughs) books and movies would be be Pittsburgh-centric? Awesome. Like Christine, the movie Christine. Mm -hmm. That could be about a haunted just ducky boat. (laughs) 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 Or in Stand By Me. Instead of a dead body, they would have found Darlene Harris's manger set. <laughs> like way out in the woods somewhere. Cujo could have been a rabid racing pierogi instead of the dog. In The Shining, instead of being stranded in an empty hotel, they'd all be alone in PNC Park in August. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it can be terrifying. So scary. The Green Mile, instead of waiting on death row, they'd be waiting in line for cheese at Penn Mac on the day before Christmas. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, that is. <laughs> that is torture. That's a, that's a long, long line. And then uh, Misery, a woman rescues Todd Haley after he was bucked from a mechanical bull and has the Steeler season on DVR, then watches it with him, and she breaks his hip when she when uh, he pitches it to Lev on fourth down. <laughs> you know, all of these things could have happened. Good ideas. Not sure why.
He did that out of the blue yesterday. That was kind of weird. Yeah, I was trying to figure that out, too. Just Shawshank is the best one. And plus, Shawshank, Shawshank could have been my so McCutcheon good. crawling through nine seasons <laughs> seasons of filth. <laughs> Only to emerge. I like that one. Clean on the other side. On the other side. Mike has sports coming up here uh, momentarily. Pens are back at it tonight. And then we're going to talk to Hockey Hall of Famer. Mike Lane. No, they're not back at it tonight. They played. Wait, no, the no. Penguins? Yeah, they tonight. are back at it tonight. And then Carolina, tonight and Thursday, yeah. right? And then yeah. the All-Star break. Yep. Uh, and then uh, Billy Gardell coming up at 9 o'clock and another chance at winning 1000 bucks and workforce cash on the way. DV. Reference. DVE Sports. All right, Mike Pesuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike, what's going on? Pens hosting Carolina tonight, 7 o'clock at the PPG Paints Arena and on your Pens flagship, 105.9. The ex-Pittsburgh checking in at 25-21-3 for 53 points. The Hurricanes at 21-18-8 for 50 points. So it's a big one. A couple of teams scrambling to try to get back into the playoff uh, spots available in the Eastern Conference. Depends. The first team on the outside looking in in the wild card chase as we speak. So uh, they want to keep the Carolina Hurricanes at bay and continue trying to make their way up the ladder in the Eastern Conference. One way to do that, according to Penn's head coach Mike Sullivan, play the game in the other team's end. To Sullivan, zone time matters enough that the Penguins keep track of it. I've always been a big believer in track and territory and, and zone time and where where the game's being played because I think that that has uh, that's an indication on the type of game that that we're trying to establish and as far as style of play and when when our team's at its best we're we're controlling territory we spend a lot of time in the offensive zone whether we have the puck or we don't have the puck if we don't have it we're chasing people down and we're forcing turnovers and and creating opportunity off of our puck pursuit game and our speed and our quickness if we have the puck then then we're making plays and i think that's when our when our uh when our star players are at their very best, so uh, I think that that particular statistic is an important is an important one for our team in, in particular with the type of game we're trying to play. Yeah, you know, the, more and more analytics is getting into hockey, and you hear a lot about uh, shots for and against at even strength. But to Sullivan, it's where the puck is; it's more important than actual shots because sometimes they're bad shots, or mm-hmm. you just throw it at the net from a poor angle. He thinks as long as it's in the other team's blue line. They're fine with that, and uh, whether they have it or not, they think uh, their guys are, are effective. So uh, keep an eye on that as uh, you watch Penguins hockey. Now the football's over. You can all start watching hockey again, right? <laughs> Madden loves that. Oh, the Penguins Ugh. hate that. Some of your jokes don't come till February. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> we start watching when Kessel starts trying. I mentioned uh, how tight things are in the Eastern Conference. The two wild cards right now are the Flyers with 54 points in 47 games and the Rangers with 53 in 48 games. Penguins have 53 points in 49 games, so they are not in uh, a horrible position, but uh, they are nonetheless in a position where they need to go and grab every uh, and all points they can get their hands on. Here's Captain Sidney Crosby. Yeah, I mean, you look at how close everything is and how many divisional games we have coming up. Um, you know, I think uh, there's no shortage of motivation, and we understand the situation we're in. So, um, yeah, they're they're all big games from here on in. Two big ones this week before the All-Star break this weekend. Carolina tonight and Minnesota at the PPG Paints Arena on Thursday. Defenseman Brian Dumoulin thinks the Pens are 
better position to uh, go ahead and grab those critical points on the table now that they're playing better hockey. I think so. I mean, we haven't had those kind of blunders or games that we've had in the past. And uh, I mean, every game that we've played so far uh, lately, we've been we've been in it and they've been tight. And uh, that's the way it's going to be from now on. So we got to try to be on the other side of those pretty soon here. Six and three in the last nine games are the Penguins. One of those was a six to five overtime win over the Boston Bruins. But most of the other ones have been more representative of the kind of Hockey depends are going to have to play down the stretch and in the postseason to have success. They gave up one goal to Philadelphia on January the 2nd. They gave up none to the Islanders on January the 5th. One to the Red Wings on January the 13th. Two to the Rangers on January the 14th. And even recently on the West Coast trip, got beat 5-3 in Anaheim uh, to start the trip, but then uh, a 3-1 victory over the Kings and a 2-1 loss to San Jose. You can live with a two-to-one loss. Can't you're, live with a bunch of them, but... Uh, yeah, you're getting to the point, though, where, you know, like you were saying earlier, those guys got to come out of the, the road runs with a uh, a winning record, at least. Yeah. Can't drop a lot of three-game runs, you know, one and two here. Because they're on the precipice. It's crazy. They are on the precipice. But they can win those two home games this week, tonight and Thursday. That's 8-3 and three in the last 11. Matt Cullen coming back in town. That'd be a pretty good uh, launching point for the stretch drive after the All-Star break. Pens and Carolina tonight at PPG Paints Arena. Some NFL news. The uh, Cleveland Browns have reached an agreement with Todd Haley to become their new offensive coordinator. That according to ESPN's Adam Schefter. It'll be interesting to see Haley team up with Hugh Jackson, who was another offensive guy, the head coach of the Browns. I think this is the year they turn it around and win one. One. Not not a Super Bowl, yeah, just one game. Yeah, there's not a lot of, you know, the barometer for success there is pretty low. Dream gig, potentially. Win one and we're better. (laughs) Haley was the Steelers' offensive coordinator for six years. They averaged the third most yards per play in the NFL in that span. In the last four seasons, only the Patriots scored more than the Steelers. I, I, I know he had to go. Score 42, losing the playoffs, get rid of the offensive coordinator. I just can't believe they haven't made defensive changes. And again, the Randy Feekner hire, I'm not sure of his qualifications. Well, he's worked with uh, Mike Tomlin at various spots collegiately and in the NFL, and mm-hmm. gets along with Ben Roethlisberger. And he was a roadie for sticks. So. <laughs> he looks like a roadie for sticks. Here's the question. If Hugh Jackson doesn't make it through this season, which is extremely plausible, could the Steelers be facing the Cleveland Browns with interim head coach Todd Haley? Absolutely. That's a good point by you. Well, Florio saying yesterday that they didn't have an offensive coordinator last year because Hugh Jackson was worried that's that the he guy would that get gets, fired. Yeah. And that's the guy they promote to interim head coach was uh, astounded me. Look at our boy Slack extrapolating ahead. I'm going to miss that. That's why he's got his own gig down in North Carolina. That's Slack right. is going all to... those rubes down there, it's going to go over everybody's head. Nah, nah, nah. He's going to a good place. He w- might be from R-M-R Cincinnati. in Wilmington, North Carolina. Slack will be doing a morning show down he's there starting February 1st. 
Uh, February twelfth. February twelfth. Okay, you're leaving here uh, thirty. Next Wednesday is your last day. Yeah, my uh, my landlord was like, "That's cool that you're getting a job. Um, I need to sell the apartment on the first, so get the hell out." Yeah. Well, that works out good. Yeah. Did you get the hell out? I'm getting the hell out. Yeah. So only one more week to bother Slack at dve.com. Please do that. Yes, text him with any concerns that you may have. Please don't. Any pics that you want to send him, now's the time to do it. Yeah, ladies only. Yeah, eh, guys too. Yeah, guys, go ahead. I wouldn't uh, leave that door open. Yeah, sure, leave it open. Yeah, connect with the uh, listeners. Speaking <clears throat> of ex-Steelers coordinators, uh, multiple reports out of Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee. Maintain that Dick LeBeau is not going to be a part of Mike Vrabel's staff, the new head coach of the Titans. Well, I could, couldn't see retiring? that happening, but... Maybe. Mike Vrabel played for Dick LeBeau. Yeah. This might be the end for Dick LeBeau, who has been in the NFL for 59 Jeez. consecutive seasons. This past year, he coordinated the Tennessee defense at 80 years of age, the first wow. guy in NFL history to be a coordinator at 80. That is unbelievable. Yeah. I can't even imagine what the next closest is. You see Bill Snyder at Kansas State, and he's like 78. Yeah, he's still going. That through. looks remarkable to me. But Dick LeBeau, holy cow. How long did Joe Green coach for? He coached for, or, or was he just involved in the organization? No, he didn't coach just, very long. He was an assistant for a while. Yeah. But, uh, he only he was an assistant for a little bit. He was an assistant in Miami for a little bit, but not very long. No. Uh, Dick LeBeau's had a just remarkable career, and he is a remarkable guy. And However, however it ends up for him, uh, I'm sure he will make the most of it. Hall of Fame. Good deal. Val, what do you got coming up? Well, the flu is causing changes in procedure at many places, and why is this the saddest week of the year? Because the Steelers Steelers lost. (laughs) (laughs) No flu here yet. Only one person in the building with the flu. In the whole building? Well, on on this floor, I should say. Who is it? Do I know them? Well, I'll tell you off the air. Yeah, oh yeah, you know. Was it a secret? Well, I just didn't want to blast this person on air. Is that You know, they can retain their privacy. No, it's not Pursuit. Pursuit, you had a stomach flu. I didn't know. Yeah. That's the flu? I don't think it's the one they're talking about, though. No, it's not. The down and out flu? I had more or less a 24-hour thing that just cleaned me out. (laughs) That's a good diet. Thanks thanks for sharing, Mike. It's It's a great diet. Yeah. Billy Gardell in the 9 a.m. hour and when we return. Hockey Hall of Famer Mike Lang on the DVEMorse.com. It is the DVE Morning Show. Penn's back in action tonight against Carolina. And we welcome back to the show Hockey Hall of Famer Mike Lang, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. You guys were good tonight. Are you cranking up your uh, two niner? Uh- Song, uh, song list. No? Once, once we get him going, you know, yeah. once 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 we get him back into the fold, the oh, two niner song will be up. Yeah, he loves that. Now he's been going down between the benches, so he's uh, he's uh, back in true form and uh, going well. The grieving process still in, uh, still moving along this week with the Steelers. I can see you guys are. Oh yeah, yeah. It's take a while, Mikey. I just like to know who you're going to pick for the Super Bowl. Uh, I mean, I know who I think's going to win. I'm rooting for fights in the stands. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got Philly, and you got the most hated man in the world. Yeah. On the other end, uh, from the Pittsburgh standpoint, which is not my reasoning, but nonetheless. Uh, no, you're a fan. You know. You're a Tom Brady fan. Oh, I'm a big Tom Brady fan. 
I, I just think he's absolutely the best of all time. I, I don't have any question in my mind. I I appreciate it beyond uh, beyond reproach. Uh, he just keeps showing you guys time and time and time again what he can do. And uh, I mean, it's, it's forty years of age, and it's a remarkable story, really. It is, guys, to see a guy to play on his level uh, like he has, and he takes a pounding. I don't care what anybody says. You play that game, you're going to be. Uh, you know, cuckoo once in a while uh, in all aspects. And uh, he just responds, uh, you know, in great professional, you know, professional way and, and wins games. He's an amazing guy. Doesn't look like he's going away anytime soon either, Mikey. No, it doesn't, does it, Mike? I mean, really, I mean, uh, he looks as nimble. He looks, uh, you know, maybe probably not as fast as he was before. I don't know. But, uh, I mean, to be able to sit and, and play that game on that level in critical situations You've got to marvel at it, really, what he can do. He just picks teams apart. And what he does to me, again, and uh, I've seen this with Ben, too, but he he raises the level of his other teammates. Mm -hmm. He brings them all up to a different level. They're making spectacular catches all over the field, but he's getting the ball close enough to get it to him, and and he produces and does it, and he wins. And, uh, you know, when I – even Tony Romo, who's a little much at times uh, (laughs) – Among that core of people who played the game for quite some time, they even just step back and go, my God, can it really be true? I mean, he's playing that well. So uh, he he did the job, and uh, everybody in Pittsburgh is still happy because they covered the spread. (laughs) Yeah. Mike, Mike, let me ask you something. If you were working with a color analyst like Tony Romo, and he was new to the gig, and he came in with all that excitement and knowledge and stuff, if you could impart – some wisdom to him. What would you? How would you coach Tony Romo to be less grady? Because I th- I find that he has good information, but I want to strangle him half the time. Yeah, I just think that he's probably been kind of uh, pumped up a little bit by producers and people like that to go ahead and go ahead and say your thing. And uh, uh, I, I think it'll be a report that they'll 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 build upon and and have discussion with and in a good way. Uh, and I think he'll be even better, you know, along the way. Because he'll temper down a little bit, and he'll have a. But his inside has been pretty good, I think, and uh, I, I think it's a, it's a growing situation between the two of them. And uh, will it will work in the long run? Yeah, it probably will. As long as there's two in the booth and not a half dozen, I think it makes it a little easier to kind of communicate with a guy and and build that trust. Well, all right. So all Steeler fans who maybe put the Penguins on the back burner. Not that all Penguin fans do that, but some do. Some some Steeler fans. Yeah, you know, become full-time Penguin fans right now. It's okay. That's fine. You guys are spoiled. Do you realize how good this team really has been? Oh, we're, yeah. we're, we're, what are we? I mean, look at the other teams in the NFL oh, yeah. who have done nothing. I mean, the Steelers still give us the excitement and, and uh, the, the game-by-game, uh, you know, the play that they do and what they've done to rebuild their team and uh, we're, we're pretty blessed, guys. I mean, with the hockey and oh yeah, and, and and hopefully someday the baseball too. But we're living in a in a, a sports mecca, and uh, we're pretty lucky to be able to have the teams that we have. And um, so I, you know, I look at it as a, a real positive what they did during the course of the year. There's only one team going to win, it, and it looks like it might be the same one again. <laughs> but uh, it's still it's pretty impressive, really, what they've done. Uh, over the last few years to kind of put themselves in order and give them a chance, give themselves a chance to compete for the for the, the big prize. What are the odds that hockey is 
just as boring in terms of the same team winning again and again and again. Uh, that's that's a likelihood, but with the one exception, and I just think that uh, uh, it changes so dramatically year by year, Mike. Uh, now with uh, with a cap, it just seems to be so much more of a factor. And uh, you know, the Penguins lost a lot of good people going into the season. They played a log of hockey. Yes, they did. And are they going to be able to repeat? One of the problems you have is because they've won and won that the other teams that did not now are reaping the benefits of these drafts and and are better hockey clubs. And that makes it more difficult to to, to repeat and be able to go against uh, the competition. But they're not out of the picture by any means. And uh, they certainly have the best leadership, I think, uh, of any team maybe going into the NHL, of people that have been there, done that. And they're young. They're young enough to be able to compete there. You know they're they're still within range here, so uh, it's possible if you get in the playoffs. There's a chance you could win the Stanley Cup again. Uh, well, they're taking strides towards that uh, tonight. Carolina back in town it hasn't gone well for them against uh, the uh, Hurricanes this year. No, they're better. They're better, really, quite honestly, Randy. They're they're a better hockey club now. They've got maybe their best player, uh, Sebastian Ajo, uh, on the shelf with uh, concussion problems. So that. And he has killed the Penguins this year, so I mean that's going to be a benefit to them. But they've gotten better. They've, you know, they've they've got a young club that's up and coming, and so this is what you're dealing with. And they're all playing one team, the champions. Every team that's playing, and boy, they put a feather in their cap, and they take that and run with it for confidence. And uh, that's what the Penguins face every night. But they've had, they've done it before, and you know we'll see with a where the egg uh, finishes up, but uh, it, it's 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 a daunting task for them to, to play on a high level every night to be able to compete against the, the teams that are coming up and, and being much better. Mike, I talked to a couple of the players yesterday and asked about any particular challenges they might have noticed to this point relative to being the two-time champ, and most of the guys said it was just been pretty much a typical season so far. The challenges of replacing Kunitz and Benino and guys who get hurt and incorporating guys who come up for the minors. But to the players, at least, it just seemed like a pretty typical season so far. How how would you assess it in terms of uh, impact of the last two? Yeah, well, I don't. I, I would. We uh, uh, have a little bit of a, a of a difference of opinion on that. But one, I mean, last year we led the club or led the league in scoring, so that's not a factor in, uh, this year. Uh, we were very good at five on five, and we're next to the bottom in the league at that that number now. Uh, only Arizona is worse. So these are di- these are dramatic changes from the Penguins from a year ago, uh, goal production and what they've done. But th- the signs are here that they're they're coming uh, uh, and and getting much much better. I mean, they've got the number one power play unit in the league, and that's going to be a that's a factor. I mean, even if you get in the playoffs, it's a big factor. And can spark you and, and create a lot of things. Their penalty killing is much improved. They've got the big stars going now, so these are all factors. But I think that they're going to have to have more scoring from from down below. And left wing, uh, third and fourth lines are going to have to going to have to put in put them some goals if they're going to be a team that's going to be a contender and, and fight for that cup again. So there are differences. I'm sorry, I would you know a little bit on the disagreement side, but I. But it, it's something that's a challenge now, and hopefully they've got these young kids in their system. If they've kind of, you know, come to the forefront with guys that have been able to come up and play and add to it, and we're seeing that now, uh, really at the goaltending position more than any other place, 
that they're getting an opportunity to play, and it creates a lot of atmosphere, uh, a good atmosphere in, in the locker room. So those are always, uh, you know, possibilities along the way coming up. Trades are a possibility, but uh, they have their hands full because this is a this is a league that's uh, that's got some really good teams in it. I was I was wondering what your assessment of Daniel Sprung is because he's a guy that, a young guy who the fans have been super excited to see him come up and his first couple stints up here I mean um haven't gone as well as as he might have hoped what what do you think about him getting sent back down Yeah I hear I think that uh well here got part of the problem is is that uh, you want to keep uh things going pretty well in Wilkesbury which it has been they're the top of their division uh so if you keep Taking people away from there, you know, you drop their their level of play. You took both their goaltenders, and uh, uh, you know, here until Matt came back uh, from uh, being away. So, uh, you know, I, I I think it's from his standpoint, it's probably a good situation to go down, only because he's going to get to play. He's going to play a lot, and and you got to keep that that confidence going. You got to keep that that rhythm going. And uh, he could come back up again. I mean, before the season is over, so I wouldn't count him out. But he's a he's a really strong talent. I I think the world of him. I think he's going to score twenty to twenty five goals in this league uh, before it's all done. I, I was thinking the other day. I remember back in eighty uh, eight or eighty nine when both Kevin Stevens and Mark Recchi got sent down by Gino Briaco to uh, Muskegon. And Ricky had had a 50-goal year down there the year before. A great camp. So did Stevens. And he put him right down there in the old uh, mud pie, if you will, down in Muskegon. And uh, everybody was going, "How is why? Why are they sending him down?" Well, they went down there and they just they went crazy for a while, and then came back and they were in the league the rest of the way uh, in their entire careers. So it's not unusual in hockey to have this happen. Uh, they want you to earn it. They want you to. Uh, to, to be able to think that, uh, you know, or, or be able to play on a high, high level. And, and, and so I'm not surprised the fact that he's going back. And uh, But I do think he'll return somewhere along the line. If not this year, he'll be a factor for the Penguins for many. Mike Lang uh, with us uh, right now. Penn's back at it tonight against Carolina. Before I let you go, Andrew McCutcheon let go for the Pirates. You were a long-time uh, announcer there with the Pirates, play-by-play man with Steve Blass. And... Can you speak to the challenge of an organization having to deal with the aftermath of losing a guy who is not just a star on the field, but is really an ambassador to the city? Yeah, it's not an easy thing, and uh, it's uh, they don't have a, a cap system here. But you know, with baseball, I, I, I foresee someday on their horizon that probably you know one of your two centers will be departing here from Pittsburgh on the hockey side which is going to be a similar thing. And just like Marc-Andre Fleury leaving, uh, you know, I mean, it's just, it, it's a moving thing to have a guy contribute so much to where he was from. But let's, let's be fair. I mean, um, players negotiated the deals with this, with their CBAs to, to accept this and want this and want this availability to have the opportunity to make more money. So it's part of it. It isn't like the, the player is the only or the owner is the only one at fault if there's a fault uh, in it. The players have agreed to this, and they want that. So they want that freedom to be able to move and be able to do things. So you kind of, if you put it in perspective, uh, it's part of the business. It's part of what works. But when you get a guy who just dedicates himself uh, to playing uh, in a city and loves it, 
uh, it's hard to see him go, and uh, I, I understand, uh, but it happens, and uh, that's the way it is in pro sports now. Uh, gone are the days of the Steelers, uh, you know, playing with the same team for four or five years, winning Super Bowls on a regular basis. It, it's just not happening anymore, folks, and uh, so you have to be prepared for it, and uh, we wish him the best, and, uh, you know, here's the thing, maybe someday, maybe someday he ends up playing the the tail end of his career in Pittsburgh. Who knows? I mean, that's that's the way it goes sometimes. You got Matt Cullen coming back Thursday night. Speaking of yeah. uh, favorite sons who uh, who moved on, Dad, yeah, Dad's coming back. And Jason Mackey with a nice piece in the Post Gazette uh, detailing how he stayed in Nashville between games so he could hang out with uh, Mark Andre Fleury and uh, um, uh, Benino. I don't know if there's another guy that I've seen among teammates that I've been with all the clubs that have won. Uh, Stanley Cups uh, that is more uh, somewhat revered by his teammates mm-hmm. of Carolina when he won there. We were we'd going to Carolina and those guys, uh, the older guys would come back, Brenda Moore and that would be he'd have discussions with them. He really, uh, you know, stays with the moment uh, and, it's, and it lingers, I mean, for years and years. So it's Matt Cullen's personality. It's part of the other players that really maybe kind of gravitate to him. He's a special man. I mean, really, he is. And uh, he added a lot to that Penguin room and, and, and to the kids in there. Uh, but he made, again, here we are. He's made his own decision, Randy, to, to leave. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the agreement that they have with the with the owners. And, and, and so he's got that, that freedom to be able to do it. But uh, it doesn't take away from him as a person. It just is a fact of life of what goes on. Mike Lang, the Hockey Hall of Famer, Pens, and the Hurricanes tonight at the PPG Paints Arena. Oh, this was fun. You know, I, I, I how's the ice storm up there at the Big Castle? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where you are. We're doing all right now. Yeah, but, I uh, can imagine. That's, uh, that's, that might be the ice capital of uh, the city. The, the parking <laughs> lot there for a few days was, uh, <laughs> you know, we were in need of some Zambonian. It was a sheet of ice, but we, uh, we persevered. I did, this is the first year I haven't, well, I should knock on wood, I haven't fallen in the parking lot yet. I almost always fall in that parking lot. Well, you, I think the Penguins should take that as a practice facility. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Bring the boys up here. Throw up a couple nets. Mike, we'll be listening tonight alongside the old 2-9er, Phil Bork, uh, in his uh, voluptuous beard, and uh, which he's going to have sheared with Brett Kiesel coming up. How about up. that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, in uh, two weeks at Jurgles. More details on that later. But listen to Mike Lang along with Phil Bork on our brother station, 105.9 The X. That's the 7 o'clock puck drop tonight, correct? Yes, 7 o'clock. At the arena. And you can hear it all on The X with Mike Lang. Yeah, I know that the two niners is Crow, but that's the nickname for Crawford and Val and Mike and Mr. Randy. I won't come up with anything special. I'll just say thank you for having me. And I can't wait to be back on. Nice. All the best. So glad to have you back on. Hockey Hall of Famer Mike Lang on TV. We'll see you, Mikey. There are people who participate in deviant sex acts, which Hmm. require them to have a safe word. If you're not familiar with what that is, that's if things get too scary or dangerous or painful, you can yell out your safe word and everything comes to a halt. The most popular non-celebrity words include red, which apparently was used in Fifty Shades of Grey. Like, stop. Red light, stop. Uh, Pineapple, banana, orange, peach, apple, vanilla, yellow, blue, and yellow. Why? Really? That's... 
What if you're having kinky sex and it involves fruit and no, you pineapple. say pineapple and then and they're then like, all right, <laughs> I mean, you asked for it. Fump. Ah! Some of the strangest. Couldn't you have got the cubed ones? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean the whole pineapple. Oh, I thought we were playing ring toss with the ones out of a can. <laughs> Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Billy Show. Billy Gardell joining us right now, ladies hey. and gentlemen, live from Oklahoma City. What's going on? What are you doing in Oklahoma City? Uh, trying to figure out why people live here. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I got a couple corporate gigs here, and uh, I had one last night, which went really well, and I got one tomorrow, but I got a down day in Oklahoma, and I'm starting to feel like Steve Martin and Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Oklahoma! <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that's my safe word, Val. Oklahoma. Oklahoma? Yeah. Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah, I, have a safe, I have a safe word when I'm eating chicken wings. <laughs> just in case you you get in too deep and joey yeah, o'connell I, needs to in case i got too fast i just look at joe and i go oxygen oxygen <laughs> he busts out the mask yeah take this bill we have, we have we have tanks right by the table <laughs> billy gardell hanging with us this what is morning. going on what's going on man nothing how are we going to watch the Super Bowl? This I don't know, thing. Bill. It's tough. Worst case scenario I, for us, huh? I got nothing. I got, I can't watch the Patriots. I I might not have a Super Bowl party this year. First time in 10 years. Yeah, I said I, did, I had no desire to watch it I have it no desire, all. right? Yeah, right? just awful. After, no good after, can come from this. I didn't want to see any football after the Patriots-Jaguars game. No. I'm, I, couldn't, I couldn't watch the NFC game. Yeah, because like, they strung us along just long enough. Yeah, to have us watch the Patriots rip our hearts out vicariously. Yeah, it was it, it was a a reopening of the wound. Yeah, and pouring salt in it, and lemon juice, and <laughs> yeah, all that stuff. I truly, I'm not usually a poor sport. This week, I got to tell you, I am. <laughs> oh, yep. there's no, I, I am unashamed. About how poor of a sport I'm being about all this. <laughs> yeah, me too. Bill, did you see Harrison make a play? Several. Uh, yeah, Not a. I did. I saw him make several plays, which infuriated me even more. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. I, I can't. I don't know what to do. I'm yeah. in a dilemma. It's the first time I've never wanted. It's the first time in my life I've not wanted to watch the Super Bowl. It may have exon- Can it be a tie? <laughs> what? Can a Super Bowl end in a tie? And they both lose? The fact that the Steelers lost and everybody blamed it on Tomlin and Haley for fourth down calls and onside kicks that shouldn't have happened and et cetera, and that James Harrison played a part in helping to beat the Jaguars uh, a week later, I think that that actually is going to have the effect of absolving James Harrison to some degree. Like, wait a minute, it's it's not Harrison's fault. This is all Tomlin's fault. And I no, also he's think he's a pig for leaving. Yes. Let us be clear. Hey, don't about forget that. what he you're did. A pig. How he you acted. Went to New England. You're a pig, and you're done here. 
That being said, I hope you're right. Uh, I hope that I, I hope people two at home and lose a playoff game. That's that's horrifying. I hope you're right, and that, that people that don't be. let him off the hook. Is what I mean. I mean, he did no, author. No, I'm not. Uh, he helped us win a Super Bowl championship. He was a yeah. beloved Pittsburgh Steeler, but uh, he should yeah. never forget. You know, reputation is tarnished. He, yeah, he shouldn't Definitely. be let off the hook for what he did. Yeah, you went to Pigville. You're a pig. <laughs> yeah, because that's an irrational fancy. Now. A pragmatic person would say, well, he wasn't playing here. He's 40. He only has so many snaps left, and they were just sitting him on the shelf here, and he was told he was going to play, and that wasn't happening. So, of course, he was frustrated, and the only team that wanted to sign him just happened to be the returning champs. But that's it. It's the team. If he had gone to the Rams or for the Panthers, Atlanta, the Bills, yeah. anybody yeah. but Anywhere. them. Yeah. He played for I Cincinnati. Agree. We welcomed him back. Yep. Yep. Because they stink. Well, yeah. All the time. So that's, it wasn't threatening. Still, a right. rival. I don't know. I, I'm not emotionally uh, sound yet as it pertains to the Steelers. I can't be held responsible for anything I say right now. <laughs> Any takes I have right now About anything are subject just to change. Just to go around I think, the I think okay. you can't root for either team in this Super Bowl. You can root for things. Like, I am happy I like the that, over. that New England fans are going to have to deal with Philly fans. And they're going to beat the snot out of each other in the stands, in the parking lot, after the game, in the bars. It's it's going to be bedlam. Can you root against both teams? You can root for the over or the under. That's all I've figured out. Yeah, the, all the prop bets. I guess you could just. I hope it's not exciting. I, I hope nothing. it's three nothing. Nobody watches. All field goals. Yeah. <laughs> no right. touchdowns. Right. All right, well, Val's Brady gonna... gets knocked out of the game. Hoyer comes in. They got to put Gronk at QB. Billy he goes Gardell. out there, brain dead. Billy's with us uh, live from uh, Oklahoma City. And Val's got a news update right now on DV. What's up, Val? Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast. It's brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. A few showers today, windy and turning colder. Temperatures falling into the upper 30s by this evening. Few snow showers tonight will drop to 27. Scattered flurries on Wednesday, high of 34. I'm Scott Harbaugh in Severe Weather Center 11. It's 45 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Sport Clips. The tsunami watches and warnings for the West Coast are canceled. The National Weather Service canceled the warning it put out for Alaska and British Columbia after a magnitude 7.9 earthquake hit off the coast of Alaska overnight. Watches were in place. They have also been canceled. They covered Washington, Oregon, and California. The National Weather Service says some coastal areas in those states might see some small changes in sea level, but nothing like they had warned against. National Geographic naming Pittsburgh as one of the best cities in the U.S. Based on population, we uh, were in the small cities category. National Geographic partnered with Residence Consultancy to come up with a list based on green spaces, coffee shops, breweries, music venues, some other criteria as well. Pittsburgh's listing leaned heavily on the presence of more than 30 craft breweries in the metro area. Other cities mentioned include Boulder, Honolulu, Santa Cruz, and Portland, Maine. The flu outbreak has some churches changing their customs. Some priests are asking parishioners not to shake hands, like is traditionally the sign sign of peace. Uh, Volunteers at a Fort Myers, Florida church were vigilant about washing hands over the weekend after handing out communion. 
one priest saying that he is asking sick parishioners to use common sense and stay home. Yeah. I would think if you take communion and you're sick, you're then risking everybody after you. Yeah. Don't they put it in your mouth? hey yo. Yes. I don't know. Is that how they do communion? <laughs> they put the. <laughs> I the think you take mouth? it. I don't know. Oh, do they? Okay, it's different. Still, Catholic Church, they put it in your hand. If you're sure. sneezing, you blowing your nose the whole time, and you take it in your hand. Well, they should do it like uh, the cheese ball thing. You know what I mean? They just uh, the priest just kind of <laughs> does a three pointer. Boom! At my church, they chew it up and baby bird it into your mouth. <laughs> That's got to be. Not flu they friendly. Just, they should just have a bring your own. Just have a Ritz cracker with you. <laughs> yeah. We'll all go at the same time. Instead of the B Y O C W. Instead of the handshake apiece, do the chest bump. You know, yes. it's, it's a, uh. elbows. <laughs> yeah. Um, through the years, life coaches and other counselors have discovered the third week in January is one of the saddest weeks of the year. Uh, yeah, it is. It's when you realize you're not going to stick to your diet from New Year's. That is part of it, yes. It's uh, all falling apart. The holidays are over. You've figured out how much weight you gained over the holidays. Your and team how far got eliminated from the playoffs. That's probably another factor, how far you went over budget for the holidays. Resolutions have gone by the wayside, and uh, <laughs> it's, for us, cold and dark and dreary. So this is the saddest week of the year. Uh, January really can go F itself. Seriously. <laughs> I would say the same about February and March. This This month is just obnoxiously terrible every year i swear in january i say next year i'm taking a beach vacation right in january. let me get out of here and every year i sit nope. here and say next year i'm taking a beach vacation in january <laughs> do it foul i yeah get out i know i should but i won't no um, no because you won't let yourself enjoy something no we're doing major work on our house we're not gonna go lay on the beach Go lay Some on a beach. Things to take care of. Three days. Whatever. Your house will be there when uh, you get back. The, the, so She's will the got an insulator crawl no, space. That's just it. It might not be. It <laughs> oh, might not if be. If the beach isn't there, then yeah. maybe my house won't be there either. Exactly. <laughs> Do you take pictures of your food? Ever? No. Have you ever? I have. Oh, I definitely have. Well, half of us do. Which, if you're posting it on social media, is probably a lot more pleasant than a lot of stuff we see on social media. Uh, 31% have taken a picture of something they cooked. 22% have taken pictures of food at a party or wedding. 20% have photographed food they got in a restaurant. And 13% have taken a picture of food that a friend cooked for them. I will. I take that back. I will take a picture of some food. I think me and O'Connell will enjoy if we haven't eaten it before. I'll send it to him. Mm-hmm. I'll go. We need to. We need to investigate this, and I'll send it. I'll send some. And sometimes you'll have a friend take a picture of your food, and then use it to shame the other friends he's eating with, like Steve Byrne. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, Byrne likes to do that. Last time I go to Permanis with him. <laughs> yeah, what, is that still going on in your life? What what is yeah, wrong Bill. with you? Yeah, there's another there's another chapter to that story. What happened? No, I tweeted out a picture of a sandwich that I had before show over uh New Year's Eve just what to let all the sandwich cops that? out there know that I got a sandwich and I yeah, hope they're satisfied. Happened? And what then happened? they gave me guff about uh the sandwich I picked. What'd you pick? Cap and cheese. No What's egg. What's wrong with that? Did you get flack for no egg? Yeah. Yeah, you should have. <laughs> 
See? <laughs> See this? Well, I do, I, dude, I said it immediately. You're like cap and cheese. I'm like, no egg. Wait, dude. I mean, listen. Does it customarily come with egg? I said it before. I'll say it again. How about when I go somewhere, I get what I want. Just, right. It's is, your, is that it's your okay? Palette, Bill. Is Don't that all right? You got to quit biting. You got to quit biting. They're just baiting you. You got to quit it. I like... You know, I very rarely. I very yeah. <laughs> oh, Bill, not you too. <laughs> oh, Bill. <laughs> I very rarely jump on any trend, like food wise. Like I usually get annoyed by it. Like you all mean, right, the enough. Or what just, you eat? No, just any sort of food trend where you go to restaurants and you see the same thing, or everybody starts dipping everything in ch- or bacon. You know, with like the bacon craze. Oh, I'm like, every- bacon. no, I like bacon, but like people's reaction to bacon is so phony and fake, and they don't really like it as much as because if you say like chocolate covered bacon, people are like, oh, and it's not that good. <laughs> it's okay. And if people are like, oh, bacon makes everything better, oh, and they start like, like doing this weird like bacon on pizza. Though I is forgot one of my bacon favorites. orgasmic you're, you're, you're bacon. You're kind thing. of a bacon hater. I just hate the way people yeah, react I don't, to I don't bacon. I don't even know who you are anymore, dude. Yeah. I hate the way people react to bacon. Like they think that like they overreact. They don't like it as much as they say. Does they it do. make things better? For sure, always. But egg. Is one of those things where no. egg makes everything better. No, you're wrong. Do you ever have a like a quail egg on top of a piece of like meat that you're about to have? No. Oh yeah, fish. All quail eggs. They're always rock. out of quail, quail eggs egg at on Wendy's. Fish? Oh yeah, every dude. time I go. Horrible. No way, dude. Poke, little quail egg. Bang. Are you talking raw egg or cup? raw fish, raw would, egg? Oh no, I don't raw know eggs. If I would order a double quail egg cheeseburger. <laughs> no, but I put a, I put a, I would put an, egg, it's not, I would put an egg on your cheeseburger. It brought, raw? That's okay. No, cook. Okay. Egg, that's a, that's a once in a while though. I, I, I think bacon yeah. can roll anytime. No, it's a universal. Bacon's fine. Because you can put... I don't mind bacon on... I love bacon on a sandwich. I love bacon on a burger. I'm just saying when people go crazy bacon in with a salad. Like, oh, they have... You know, it's great. When everybody freaks you out should, about the bacon. The only thing about bacon is you should never fry it naked. That's very yeah, true. Yes. It's an important lesson that some people <laughs> had to learn the hard way. And Randy, since you got so pissed off when I did the National Popcorn Day story, I'm going to give you this story. I didn't get pissed off. I yeah, just, you did. You kind of did. Month, <laughs> is important. It soup month? It is. It's all. It's yes. From here, from November to February is the soup month. Yeah, here. soup season. I like that. Oh, like uh, Billy, I made a uh, Parmesan pasta chicken soup the other day. Oh, oh yeah. Did you bring that in for those idiots? I, of course, no. she didn't. I brought no. it for lunch today, though. No, she brought us in tea to make us go to sleep and shut up. <laughs> yep, <laughs> I did. That's right. Here, here's this sleepy tea time today. tea. Get out of my face. Because <laughs> they she made, say they she can't brought sleep. in sleepy time tea in the crock prop. <laughs> Here, have a couple of these. It's a French onion yeah, soup. Yeah. Have some. Today, Here's my lavender soup. Get out of here. Today is National Pie Day. I like it. Oh, now I got to go do that. America's favorite? <laughs> apple. 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 Yep, number one. Yeah. I love apple pie. My mom makes awesome apple pie. Followed my mom makes awesome like cherry it. pie, too. I like a cherry with the hard sugar on top. Yeah, Ooh. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, the yeah. crust. Apple yeah. followed by pumpkin, chocolate. Pumpkin's only a once a year, though, right? Pumpkin's a seasonal to me. Yeah, yeah I go with you on that. You could go October, November. Isn't chocolate pie just pudding in a pie crust? Uh, yeah. Pretty yeah, much. That's, that's weak. Like, oh, you're crazy. It's so good. It's like a jello. Chocolate pie's weak. It's like that's a chocolate weak. jello. Weak. You ever put an egg on it? 
<laughs> See, you could put bacon on it. You could. Egg would not go. Is it go bacon? Right? Uh, pecan? Cherry? Uh, pecan pie is good. I get it in New Orleans, but very rarely anywhere it's so else. Not for the faint of so teeth. Rich. No. I mean, you got to have some serious uh, chompers. Yeah. And a big glass of milk. Not a big glass of coffee. Cherry pie? Cherry pie is yes. I love cherry pie. Lemon meringue, which is my favorite. Not a fan. Mm. No, I don't and like the uh, the meringue. Strawberry and blueberry. Doesn't meringue feel like you, you're eating like styrofoam? I can't. I can't do that. Yeah, it, it, it feels. You got to get the right flavor. You guys ever been to Meringue yeah. State Park? Uh, free, <laughs> no. I feel like I'm eating. I feel like I'm eating through insulation. <laughs> That's what it does. Feel I make like. that for Thanksgiving. <laughs> Mer- lemon meringue pie. Yeah. Put those in the walls, Bill. It'll insulate the house. Keep it warm. Yeah, you can you can seal your windows in December with meringue. <laughs> Uh, the survey found that uh, 44% of us buy a pie from a store when we're going to serve it. 30% buy the crust and make the filling. 26% make it totally from scratch. Do we have time for the Oscar nominations? You want to do those after sports? Let's do them after. Do let's do them when we come back. Okay. Because uh, I want Billy to be able to expound on some of them. Some, some, uh, some... I've seen a lot of those movies. I could tell you what you need to know. I didn't see Phantom Thread. That's the one I wanted to see. I really want to see The Post. Yes. Yeah, that's what I want to see. The Post and Phantom Thread. I've seen it. Oh, well. Hmm. All right. Well, all. The Life of a Road comic. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I got the screen. Oh, you do? For The Post? Yeah. yeah. He, gets, a, get he, he gets better ones. He's higher up in yeah, the guild. he's way more important than we <laughs> <laughs> All right. Quick break. We'll be right back. DV. Tom. Sports. All right, we got Billy Gardell in Los Angeles. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Um, in, in Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Oklahoma City. And uh, are you going to go make Warren Buffett laugh today? Oh, God. No, he's in, uh, he, where's he he's at? in Omaha. He's in uh, Nebraska, yeah. Omaha. Yeah, I screwed up. I always get Oklahoma and Nebraska. Wrong, wrong Peyton Manning audible. Right. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what happens in this city other than the, the University of Oklahoma. I don't know what you do here. Isn't it a great steak city? Oklahoma? I don't, I don't know. That's I don't Omaha. Know. Omaha Steaks. Well, maybe. No, there's good steaks in Oklahoma. No, there's not. All right, let's go to uh, <laughs> Mike Pursuta. <laughs> My sister was stationed there for a couple of years. I'm just kidding. I'm sure there are. It's Oklahoma. they got to have something. All right. Sports is brought to you by Panhandle Cleaning and Restoration. i got a couple questions for Billy before I get into the Penguins. Hey, Mike. Good morning. Oklahoma was a big part of uh, uh, music in the 60s and 70s. Yes. I want to point that out. Even so, before okay. that. Yeah. It's a place where the waving wheat can sure smell sweet when the wind comes right behind the rain. I thought that was deep in the heart of Texas. No, that's show tunes, baby. Ah! Oklahoma. Oklahoma! You know who started that? Bonnie Raitt's dad, John Raitt. I didn't know that. Yeah. He became, he was I thought big, it was Gordon McRae. Uh, he, he ripped off Bonnie Raitt's dad. All right, what do you got? Well, I got a question for Billy. I heard your assessment of the great James Harrison as a pig. Yeah. A pig? Yeah. Really? Yeah. How do how do you feel about Franco Harris? Uh, well, I love Franco. Different though. He went to the Seahawks. That's yeah. like going to the CFL. Yeah, but I mean, Mike same Webster thing. He held went, out. Mike, Mike, Mike Webster went to the Chiefs. You can't go to the worst enemy we've ever so had. It's, it's the Patriots thing. It's not the. Uh... No, it's if the Franco would have went to the Raiders, or the yeah, you okay. know, wouldn't have made right. any sense. Would be a clarify. statue in the airport right now if that guy went yeah. and played for John Madden. 
Because all I'm saying no. is he didn't have a contract and he held out for more money and they cut him and then he went somewhere else. I'd have been look if he was with the if he play, was playing for the Eagles right now, I'd be rooting for him. He went to the dark side. Well, the I'm evil t- part of the force. I'm gonna I tell you this. Abide that. Someday, I don't know if it's gonna take ten minutes or ten years, but someday you're gonna see that highlight in Tampa of that interception return and you're gonna smile. I have lots of respect for that. But you went to the Patriots. That's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. So it's the Patriot Act that the Patriot Act bothers you. I like that. The Patriot Act. (laughs) That's what it was. You know what I love about Billy's? He is sure of his Steelerness or fandom or what. Like, there's no no trepidation. He makes no. I made a disclaimer, and he blasts (laughs) into the hole with his head down and his legs churning. I had, yeah, I, ma- I do. I made the disclaimer that Thank anything you, I say Thank you. until after the Super Bowl is clouded in emotion. I can't and, be held accountable, and I can't be held accountable for any super hot takes that uh, I have. I will. I will go on record. It is the betrayal at the highest level. Yeah. <laughs> That's one way to look at it. Now, see, you guys know me. I'm not a fan. I don't root for the team, but as a chronicler of what goes on here, to me, his history is way up near the top. In a storied franchise's history. So why didn't Mike Tomlin use him? Especially when we lost Shazier. How did we not find a way to mix and match linebackers? Put TJ in the middle. Put Harrison on the the edge. There had to be a way to use him there. And you see that he's effective rushing the passer, which, oh, by the way, we played that same team and got zero sacks. Yep. That's an accurate statement. He had more sacks than the entire defense combined. Mike Tomlin's not in any danger of, of losing his job right now, but his seat has never been hotter. I like that little right now. That's did true. You, was that you that tweeted the Peter King thing? Did we talk about that? No. No. Or did I see that on Twitter last night? No. no what right. happened? Peter King and Monday Morning Quarterback, uh, I hope I remember this right, said words to the effect, I'm paraphrasing here, but he said he's gotten more inquiries from fans about should Mike Tomlin still be the Steeler coach than he has about should Hugh Jackson still be the Cleveland coach. Well, because everybody knows Hugh Jackson shouldn't be the, the Browns coach. That's, that's a different scenario. The, I will the say point that, Pete was trying to make was Tomlin's taking way too much heat. Mm-hmm. Uh, too much heat? Yes. Well, let's look at the last three years. We got a lot of hollow wins. We got a lot of wins where we beat Buffalo and, and Indy. And we beat we beat uh, Miami, and then we lose to a few of those teams. But then when it comes down to it, when it comes down to a team you need to be ultra disciplined against, hey man, suspect. Sorry. I will say that so my you're of the, you're of the strong opinion that the Steelers are better than the Jaguars. I have the strong opinion we are. Okay, you're zero for two against them this year. I know. So how many times they got to win before they're the better team? I just believe, Three. Mike, that there's a lack of discipline, <laughs> and that comes from where? That comes from the office that says head coach. I, That's where the buck stops. I will say this, that my friends around the country who don't live here any longer, who are Steeler fans, who are not in the constant news bubble that we are in living here in Pittsburgh. And I am not even anymore. I don't get what to hear what you guys get to hear. Right. That... I have heard more from those kind of people wondering if Tomlin's job is safe and why don't they get rid of this guy finally after 
that playoff loss. And it wasn't just because of that. And it was a culmination of didn't have him ready for the Bears game. This whole year. Didn't have him ready for the Patriots didn't game. Didn't go 16-0. What a jerk. Yeah, I mean, I think that there were wins that, you know, I don't think people expected them to beat Kansas City in week, was it four? There are times when I watch our team and I wonder where the preparation was. Where is the discipline? If they come back from a bye, they stink. If they play a crappy team, they stink. They stink. They need to run a two-minute drill, they stink. They need to run a two-point conversion, we're not prepared. Part of what killed them against Jacksonville was being off since Christmas. Yeah, we don't look sharp. Those guys, you just knew they start slow off a bye. You knew they were going to come out and just lay an egg right away, and they did. And then they uh, get out of that hole. Twenty-one, nothing, man. I, 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 how you come back and you put forty-two points on Jacksonville's precious defense and still lose at home? Sorry, man. That's adjustments that aren't being made. That's guys in the booth not seeing what they're supposed to see. How many points did they score in the second half? Jacksonville. It was 28-14 at half. So they put up uh, 17. Right? Yeah. So they adjusted from 28 to 17. I mean, it was well, a... 21 on the defense. Right. And maybe you can't maybe maybe throw 14 five if touchdowns you... in a playoff game at home and lose a game. You can if you throw a pick in the sack fumble strip score. Well, you can't you can't put the, the 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 sack fumble on the offense. That was a good defensive play. No, that was the quarterback holding the ball too long, like they told him not to do, and he did it anyway against a team that thrives in those situations. I don't know about that one, Mike. Yeah, we'll we'll agree to disagree there. Okay. <laughs> All right, let, let's take a break. We're going to come back. <laughs> okay. We didn't even talk about anything. It doesn't matter. Pens are playing the uh, okay, Hurricanes well, uh, tonight. Uh, Rust is probably oh, back man. in the lineup yes. for you. And uh, don't, Is Murray in net? Don't know. He's back with the He's team. He's back with the team. After okay. the funeral of his father. I don't know if they rush him right back in or they give him a chance to ease into it. Okay, we're going to take a break and go through the Academy Award nominations and Billy Gardell's take on that next. Okay, the DV morning show. Okay, 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 okay. B- okay. Billy right. Gardell is with us. Gosh. And uh-huh. we're going through the uh, the Academy Award nominees. Val? Yes, uh, they have been released. That happened this morning. Best Picture nominees. Call Me By Your Name. Darkest Hour. All right, hold on. First of all, didn't see Call Me By Your Name. Everybody loves that flick. I didn't see it either. Darkest Hour, Mike, you love it. Oh, my God, is that a good movie? Winston Churchill. But I'm biased because that's a favorite subject. You love stuff like that. I think think he gets it for the performance. I don't think he gets Best Picture. Gary Oldman. Yeah, Oldman gets that for the performance, though. He disappears and becomes Churchill. Did he win the Golden Globe for that? I know he he won won the SAG Award. Yeah. He just won SAG Award. There's a scene where he's meeting with the king. And the king says, how do you drink in the morning? And he says, practice. <laughs> I think the scene that made that movie is when he, was when he rides the subway. Total that BS. That actually happened. That's oh, yeah. It's just so unbelievable. Yeah, Oldman gets up for the performance, I think. That scene, you mean, where they talk, like, and they, he actually listens to what the he black guy has went, to say on a train in and England asked, in 1940? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that happened. Why is it so unbelievable to everybody? <laughs> he, 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 he went down and asked people on the subway what they thought if he had to not make a peace treaty with Germany. What should we do on fourth down? Sneak it or throw it to Juju? 
Yeah, we should. Maybe Tomlin should have rode on three block subway. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> at least uh, he could have at least took the twenty two bus into Swiss Valley to told him. <laughs> yeah, take that sixty one B. Dunkirk. Also up for best picture? Doug, very, very good, but not best. Doug Benson good, said if they combined best. Darkest Hour and Dunkirk, it would win best picture. The Darkest yeah. Dunkirk? Darkest <laughs> Dark Kirk. Dunkirk Hour. Three billboards? I loved it. Overrated. Three billboards was great. I, thought it was I don't good. know if it's best picture. Yeah. Uh, Get Out? I liked Get I Out. I love that it was nominated. It was so pleasant. It's, it's not good uh, enough. Pleasant surprise through that movie. Uh, well done. I don't know that it's best picture. No way. It's good, though. It's yeah, because like thrillers, do they often get? They don't often get nominated Never. for. Not really. Oscars, Silence um, of the Lambs, but yeah, Lady Bird was really well written. It was very. It was awesome. Uh, Lady Bird. Really like Lady Bird. It won't win. Phantom Thread. Um, not for best picture. You I saw Phantom Thread. I did. What'd you think? You know, it's it, he always picks an interesting character, and he becomes that character, and it's a great performance. But it, I, I don't, it didn't have the, I don't think it had the effect he wanted to to have being his last film. Is this Daniel Day Lewis? Yeah, mm-hmm. I really hope he's. So I don't, not I don't, I don't see that as a best picture. I just so he's not playing a, a ghost seamstress. What is this about? <laughs> what is this movie? <laughs> It's a guy that stitches patches on jean jackets. Really. <laughs> you check it out. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> he stitches patches on jean jackets. <laughs> you want the blue oyster cult one above the Led Zeppelin <laughs> or below the bag company? <laughs> you want the dancing bears right in the middle, right? <laughs> the Post and The Shape of Water. Those are your best picture nominees. Uh, the Post was very good. Um and I'm going to say The Shape of Water gets Best Picture. Me too. I love that movie. Yep. Even with the fish sex. Patty, that's the thing my wife couldn't take to the show. And I don't want to give away the... I guess I shouldn't do that. Yeah, this is... One thing she could not get by in that film, which ruined it for her. But I think uh, I think it was brilliantly done. I the think cinematography was, was great. I think. Yeah, Killer. Yeah. I think it's Best Picture. And the score was awesome. The music is awesome yeah. in The Shape of Water. Uh, is it Michael like, Shannon will win Best uh, Supporting Actor for that, too. Is it like Splash if they showed everything? I, I think Sam Rockwell's yeah. going to get Best Supporting Actor. Yeah, uh, Michael Shannon is not nominated. Shut the front door. Best Supporting Actor. I still actor. think he's going to win. How do you like that? Hot take. <laughs> uh, so we'll get to that. Best Director while we're talking about movies. Christopher Nolan for Dunkirk. Jordan Peele for Get Out, Greta Gerwig for Lady Bird, Paul Thomas Anderson for Phantom Thread, Guillermo del Toro for The Shape of Water. I'm glad that Greta and Jordan got nominated. Guillermo's going to get it. Yeah, I think think you're right. That movie is just such a spectacle. It's it's so cool. Is is Get Out nominated for like Best Original Screenplay? Because I could see it Um, winning something like that. Yeah, and so is The Big Sick. Oh, that's another great one. Yeah. Kumail uh, Nanjani and Emily Gordon. Uh, original screenplay: The Big Sick, Get Out, Lady Bird, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards. Oh man, I could see I Lady Bird. Get out. I like Get Out in that category. Best adapted screenplay: Call Me by Your Name, The Disaster Artist, Logan, Molly's Game, and Mudbound. Oh, so Disaster Artist did get a nomination. I'm gonna go. I, I tell you that one of my favorite movies of the season was Molly's Game, and I think Best Adapted goes to Molly's Game. 
What is best adapted? Is that from That means from it's book, a true yeah. story from a book or autobiography, and uh, Aaron Sorkin crushed it. Yeah, I never. I haven't even seen that one anywhere. It's, Molly's game is fantastic. Came out on Christmas Day. It's uh, Jessica Chastain, Idris Elba. Uh, was, yeah, it's it's tremendous. It's one of those. Yeah, but Aaron Sorkin movies. Everybody talks like Aaron Sorkin. The characters have no dimensions to them other than talking like Aaron Sorkin. Much like Woody Allen, whoever he put in the starring role would just talk like Woody Allen, which well, was also I weird. This like was Kenneth. Well done. Okay. Well, you know, I want to see it. Best yeah, actress? I think, I think you'll like it, actually. Sally yeah. Hawkins? I hope she wins. Shape of Water? She's so good. Frances? She's really good, and it would be a lovely thing for her to win. And I think she's a dark horse. Frances like, McDormand? Uh, she's going to be the darling. Margot Robbie? For oh, I, Tanya? She was great. She was phenomenal. She was good. She was really good. Saoirse Ronan for Lady Bird and Meryl Streep, The Post. Best actor? I think... Go ahead. I, 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 no, no, go ahead. I, 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 I think Margot Robbie could be an, an outside contender because she was great as Tanya Harding. Uh, so good. I, I did not think f- I was going to like that movie. Really, really great. I spent yeah. the first half of the movie just marveling at how good Allison Janney was. And then before- Allison Janney, is, that's my favorite for Best Supporting. And then before I realized it, I was like, oh, my God, Margot Robbie is amazing in this. Because I thought she was the killer. casting of that was so off because she's gorgeous. Yeah. And they make her look not so gorgeous. Right. Yeah, they no, make her look pretty trailer really park. Well <laughs> but I think what's going to happen, it's going to come down to Sally Hawkins or Frances McDormand. And Frances McDormand will, will win, and that's a mistake because Sally Hawkins does it all without talking. I agree. She gave a silent movie performance, and it's incredible. And it was, and she gave a silent movie performance with levels. So I'm yeah. with you. I, yeah, I like her a lot. Me too. Best actor: Timothy Chalamet. Is that how you yeah. say it? Call Call Me by Your Name. Daniel Day Lewis, Phantom Thread. Daniel Kaluuya, Kaluuya, uh, for Get Out. Gary Oldman, mm. Darkest Hour, and Denzel Washington, Roman J. Israel Esquire. I still haven't I watched know, that. I, I honestly think I think Oldman is the is the performance there, in my opinion. But I there's a chance that they may give it to Lewis because it's his farewell, and I really hope that doesn't happen. Because while that was a great movie, I don't think it was one of his. There will be blood performances. You know what I mean. Best Supporting Actor, Willem Dafoe, The Florida Project. Oh, oh man, that movie is so You know what, heavy. i got, I got to tell you, that movie is phenomenal, and it was so far back, it may he may have gotten forgotten for that, but yeah. that might be the best supporting performance. I can't believe that, that didn't end up in, in Best Picture. I think, yeah. it, Randy, sometimes the timing on those is screwed because it's so long before the nominations come out. You know, it's yeah. not fresh in the minds of the Academy, but that movie was incredible. Well, when and I, you lived in Florida, Bill, so you know, like... One, that, it was 100% accurate. Yeah. When I watched that movie, 100%. I felt like those people were those people. They are. Yeah. The, Who the, lived yeah. that... Well, the one girl, the, the mom... The actress, the mom. ...was like an Instagram model, or that's yeah. how she was discovered. Uh, Woody Harrelson, Three Billboards, Rick, Richard Jenkins, The Shape of Water, Christopher Plummer, All the Money in the World, and Sam Rockwell for Three Billboards. Well, I, I think ho- Rockwell's probably going to get it. I think Defoe could get it. Rockwell's played that character before, though. I don't know. I'd like to see. I don't know, man. There was a subtle stupidity to him that was. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I, I was I was taken by him because you meet people like that that uh, it takes. 
heaven and earth for them to change. And I just I saw that struggle in him, and I thought he was I thought he was really good. I just think that's such a flawed movie. I really it's it's really good, but it's also it has, uh, it's thought they should have added a billboard. <laughs> it's got it should have been a fourth billboard. Yeah. yeah. Best Supporting Actress, Mary J. Blige in Mudbound, Leslie Manville, Phantom Thread, Octavia Spencer, The Shape of Water, Allison Janney in I, Tonya, and Laurie Metcalf for Lady Bird. Laurie I Mac- gotta go Janney. Allison Janney, man. Yeah. Oh my god, she, she is phenomenal. so funny. It, can you get a Best Actress and a Best Supporting Actress in the same movie? Y- y- yeah. Is that Not unusual? the same person. You but can't be no, nominated. Is that unusual that the movie can have that happen. Well, yeah. supporting actor has both Woody Harrelson and Sam Rockwell. Yeah, right. In the same category. But the same movie can have nominations for for all those roles. But I mean, does does, does that usually play out that way? No. That, that, no the same movie wins both of those. That happens occasionally. Because I think that it. That's the Janning was probably better than Robbie, right? Yeah, by just a little bit. Yeah. But it's the category. Was, yeah, she, was Margot Rod- like, Robbie the best yeah, of the best the, actresses? the leading actress, right. It was like a dark, comedic mommy dearest. I mean, it was... It was so good. She was so funny, but she was such a horrible mother. The, I tell you yep. who got overlooked, and I, I didn't think he was going to get a nomination, but I wish he would have. Uh, the bodyguard. Gotten, the bodyguard. <laughs> the bodyguard in I, Tonya yeah, is... I'm with you. ...so good. That was a great movie. It was... <laughs> Across the board. Yeah, I think my favorite movie was The Shape of Water. Uh, yep. I'm Sally right. Hemings. Oldman. Hawkins. Ah, Hawkins, sorry. Oldman, I, I don't know, man. Those makeup performances, when they make you up to be somebody else, I feel like that's not as big of a deal as. No, nah, no, nah, Randy, I'm telling you, he was so good. I, I, so I good. I saw it. Playing Churchill's like playing Hamlet. I mean, that's. Yeah, and I mean, he was really, he had all the subtle ticks, and nah, I, I just, I thought he was phenomenal. Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's such a boring movie, though. Well, the problem is it's one of the, it's 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 one of those fact-based actual happening movies, so that's why it's not going to get best picture. But his performance is that to me that's the acting performance of the year. I'm glad Franco didn't get nominated because that movie's stupid. Is that because he went yeah. to Seattle? Yeah, it's Seattle. playing for the Patriots. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. That was those a are the biggies. Yeah, oh, I got it. We don't care about. Uh... Would have been okay, Mike. Thanks, Bill. Gone to the Patriots. It would have been all fine. Did Shape of Water get one for original score? Oh, best original score, The Shape of Water, yes. Dunkirk, Phantom Thread, Star Wars, The Last Jedi, and Three Billboards. So Johnny Greenwood from Radiohead got another nomination for Phantom Thread. And so I think that's his fourth Academy Award nomination, or third Academy Award nomination, I think. And then I don't know who did Shape of Water, but the music is tremendous. And yep. usually I hate like a constant soundtrack or when it's used as often as it was, but I thought it was really effective. Yeah, it almost had like a, a, a 30s jazz feel to it. Yeah. What about the makeup for that movie? You know, he's Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro's movies always have like some fantastic aspect to them makeup-wise, yeah. but I'm sure that they could possibly win. But there's only really one character that has... The makeup in it. It is not nominated for makeup and hairstyling. What I'd like to see is the shape of Churchill and have him <laughs> in a tank. Be half fish, half Winston Churchill in a tank. Yeah. And he could ride a submarine with the black guy. <laughs>
In a town where I was born, all right. man. That's it. We're out of here. And uh, thanks so much uh, to Billy Gardell for uh, joining us this morning. Talking about Academy Awards and whatnot. And uh, thanks to Hockey Hall of Famer Mike Lang. Oh, is that great having him back? Oh, yeah. Penn's at it tonight, 7 o'clock. Listen to it on our brother station, 105.9 The X. Tomorrow, more stuff.